Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Good morning to you. This is the show where we give you the tools, the ideas you need to uh, to grow, to grow healthy, make your life better. We don't want to just only give you the headlines. We want to give you the stories behind the headlines. Today, we're going to do it again. We'll be talking technology We'll be talking uh, learning and intelligence. Like, just to answer the question, do you sense that we are getting smarter? Is our IQ going up or down over the last 50 years with all the great technology that's coming through? And Facebook, well, does let, it impact you? And how let much? me look that up first. I'll let you know. I already I'm, know. I'm not sure off the top of my head, so I'll look it up. What does your gut say? Oh, we're not as smart as we were because we're not, I don't think we need to keep information uh, you know right at our fingertips yeah because it's literally at our fingertips with it's the computer right, right so you don't need to know uh, like uh, uh. you know you don't need to pull that information you just find it interesting what do you think james are we getting more intelligent or is our iq going up or down over the last 100 let's say 50 years i'm saying it's going up we are getting smarter you really think that yeah like just think of the people around you every day yeah smarter they seem smarter yeah is it cuz we're here. Well, I'm around you guys every day. Oh yeah. Well, we are. I mean, besides this room, okay. The high IQ here. Okay, society in general. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. Uh, okay, that I, I think that changes. Just things. think of your drive here. Oof. All the people driving around you. They seem smarter. Well, I'm going to give you the answer, but not this hour. Next hour. <laughs> but the answer, I'm just going to tell you. Yeah, we're getting smarter. IQs are going up. You should have left it right there. Yeah, there's the answer. Moving on. Smarter folks. We're getting smarter. Yep. Yeah. Not weird. You I didn't think I just, we are, but we are. We're getting a lot smarter. I think we know how to access information better. I don't yeah. think we know the information as well as we used to. See, but we're actually moving though from a different type of learning. We I, used to just memorize. Now use, we have to like problem solve. I use Google for spell check. Yeah. That's not very smart. No. But that's what I do. Yeah. But you've solved your problem. Yeah. I can now spell. But you could go memorize After. 500 words. The problem is we're putting out more words than ever before yes. also. So with technology, you know, comes problems. But oh, we got a great show. Today we're also going to be talking with our tech guru, Jay McFarland, will be joining us. And we're going to just be running through a bunch of different tech issues and ideas and questions and just let him edumacate us. Yes, I love technology. Wow. Thank you, James, for that little song. That was beautiful. I love it how he just breaks in into song and then. I told him to do that. It was beautiful. He was questioning at one point, where do I use these sound effects and these these little bits of of joy of joy that we have joy as, bits as drops for the show? And I go, just just drop them in, just, just in. toss them in, yeah. figure out where the best place to put them. Yeah, well, that was perfect. But that one, it wasn't even like recorded. He just sang that. One. Well, yeah. Sometimes he has to display talent. So, yeah, he's got it. Hey, James, are we still engaged? Yes. Check. Uh, everything a go? Go uh, 10-4 on that one, good buddy. Okay. Is, are you doing like radio talk now? Well, like, I guess so. Walkie-talkie talk. 10-4 on that one, good buddy. 
That was Bane on a CB radio. <laughs> <laughs> What's Bane doing on the radio? Somebody woke Bane engaged. up. He's driving, he Bane's took, driving truck now. He took over Gotham, and now he's driving long well, haul. Well, if I, if I was doing a true Bane, then I'd have to be closer to the mic, to, so right. you can't really understand what I'm saying. Do you want to try that? Or? Very odd movie. Matthew Townsend, I am still engaged. <laughs> Sound like Batman. all the way through that so that Batman movie, my wife was leaning over. What did he say? Yeah. Like, just just go with it. You'll just figure it out. You'll, you know, <laughs> you watch the subtitles. On. I'll give you a transcript after. <laughs> no one will ever wear have anyone wear a gas mask to do a movie anymore. So yeah, well, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Um, interesting. Uh, yeah, my daughter graduated, so I got to see a bunch of you know people that are. You know, we have a lot of students running around this place. They still are. I looked out the windows before we started. They're just streaming into the stadium next door. Oh, are they starting it again? Yeah. Yeah. To, Isn't to, that called convocation? Yeah. Today, so they're, they're to, technically convocating yeah, at yeah. the moment. Today they're all going to go convocate. Okay. Yesterday they just commenced. They commenced? That's right. And then when it's your individual college. Yeah, you convocate. You convocate. That's right. I forgot all these terms. You know, don't college. do it backwards, by the way. No. Don't, don't ever commence when they're convocating. There's some social problems and social stress yeah, caused there. It's just a bad start to Violation a of a moray. It was cool, my but my kids aren't even convocating because they're they are yeah. going to go backpack through the, Europe. They'll send you your diploma. It's not a big deal. Yeah, I'm like, you really? <laughs> are you sure you don't? Oh, by the way, hey, here's a weird thing. Um, they, how do I tell you this? It's kind of complicated. I have like ten tickets, parking tickets. Here? Yeah. How? I don't know. There's there's a website where you can put your license plate in and then uh-huh. they did know I, who you are. I know they did. I also put I put all my cars in there. Okay, as did I. Well, and so my daughter every time she'd park here when I was here, we'd get a ticket. You're not supposed to put all your cars. Just two. I thought I was supposed to put all my cars. How'd you put them all in? I just typed in four just cars. Kept hitting the plus sign, add another one. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, now every time my daughter's was here when I was here, it was like I was parked twice. Ah. I could see where that would be an issue. Never thought that through. So now I owe about $2 million in parking fees. Just tell them your talent. They'll go, oh. Oh, that's James. James, take a note. Okay. Uh, note. Mm-hmm. Note to the parking administration. Administrator. Administrator. Okay. Uh, what's up? Question mark. Okay. Um, what do you do with $1 million in parking tickets? When you don't make that much, I'm assuming you would just forego all fines because I am talent. <laughs> Exclamation point. Do you think they could add a wing to the parking enforcement facilities here on campus <laughs> if you do pay your fine? They could put it in my name. The Mo- Matt Townsend Memorial <laughs> Wing or whatever? You know what? I, at every university I've ever been to, I had a wing like that. That's I good. paid for a wing. That's great. This might be the first time I actually get one. Thanks for taking the note. Uh, any news going on? Just anything? Anything? American Ita- an American and an Italian being held hostage by al-Qaeda in Pakistan were both killed by a drone oh. strike last January, revealed by the White House during a press conference. Both families will be compensated oh. in some way for the loss. The uh, last, last January? Yes. But they didn't know about it for about a month or two until they were able to analyze... I, I bet you they got somebody on the ground in there in the situation and realized that there were two hostages who were with these Al-Qaeda leaders that they were targeting. 
and they didn't know we're there, but the drone strike went on. And ah, tragic. They also took out two American-born leaders in al-Qaeda. One was a spokesperson, another one was a, uh, a leader, and they uh, took those two individuals out also, which was the target, but these hostages were in the room. They didn't know that. So. Yeah, it's too bad. The press conference summed up in one word is whoops. Oh, that's tra- I mean, again, just what do you do? Yeah. This war. Freddie Gray, the man that was killed in Baltimore yep. uh, in police custody. Uh, the man who took the video that we keep seeing of uh-huh. him being put into the uh, prison w- uh, van. He's quoted by the Baltimore Sun as saying they had him folded up like he was a crab or a piece of origami. Uh. And he was screaming and yelling. Last night during some of the protests that are ongoing, there were a couple arrests. So it seems like some tension is building. Yeah, the protests are getting bigger. Michael Brown's parents yep. in uh, Ferguson, they filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the city of Ferguson for the uh, the events that led up to their son's death. Yeah. So that story is continuing. The uh, House Committee investigating the 2012 attacks in Benghazi, Libya, has called Hillary Clinton to testify at a public hearing the week of May 18th. Oh, boy. Here we go. So Bringing her back. Because she's already testified once. Didn't she testify? Yes. That's where we have the the quote of what does it matter? Or yeah, why, whatever yeah, the what does it quote, matter? Yeah, what does it matter now that they keep using? So I mean, this is the hard thing about running for president is when the GOP controls the House because now you'll be in every hearing. There was some talk saying that they were going to postpone it because they didn't want to get in the way of the election. But yeah. I was like, that's not going to happen. They're going to get in there and cause it because it's an issue. It needs to be addressed, especially in light of. Her personal email server at her house. Yeah. And that chain of events of the email, where's the custody and where's this, you know, that well, kind of discussion. Well, an, so. an interesting parallel to the story of the hostages also being blown up by the United States. It just shows accidents happen. So yes. there were accidents with Benghazi. Let's come clean. Let's learn. Let's talk. Let's not, you know. Yeah. So uh, the who was it? Loretta Lynch. She was confirmed yesterday as no the new AG. No relation to Loretta Lynn. Let's get that clear. Absolutely. So okay. the third longest confirmation battle in the history for an attorney general seat. Really? Yeah. So she got the job finally. She's Almost in. historic then. Almost historic. Third it, longest. It is historic because she's female. Yes. African-American descent, right? So she's – what's her uh, – and, and uh, she's the – is she the first female? No. DOJ head? She's attorney general, not department I mean, of justice. Attor- attorney general? She's the yeah. first female attorney general? No. Oh, who was? Who I don't know. We'll have to look it up. Because that's I believe right President, there President Bush, Clinton. Had a attorney general. Had an attorney general. Okay. Um, Petraeus. Yes. He was sentenced. Finally, four-star general oh, accused so what, of- What was uh, his sentence? Two years, probation, $100,000 fine. Other people in the same situation have gone to jail. So they think he may have got a favor. Well, but again, he also had – this is what they were throwing out of Hillary, right? Like right. you had – And uh, coming up document. next, we'll talk some more about Comcast drops the bid to buy Time Warner Cable for $45 billion after there was some uh, – the Justice Department said they wouldn't back the deal. Yeah. So they backed away from that. Yeah. The FCC wanted a hearing. And they're like, ah, forget ah, it. Never mind. We're done. I don't want to open up all the books. Oh, interesting stuff. We're going to uh, go to Jay McFarland after this break. Jake's our tech guru and uh, app designer, just stud extraordinaire. He's going to talk tech with us. Just got a bunch of questions. You know, what's going on? What do we need to know? What's coming up? What are the new announcements that will be coming out? 
more. All of that, my friends, right here on the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. Stay with us. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, you know, on the show, we want to keep you up to date on everything that we can. For example, technology. It's a huge part of our life today. And so we went out, sought high and low, and found our relationship guru. Jay McFarland is joining us. Jay has been an entrepreneur his entire life. Uh, At one point, he ran 42 restaurants. I mean, just that. Just staffing 42 restaurants sounds like a nightmare. He also is a, had a well-known, uh, a well-liked uh, talk show in Dallas, Texas, where he hosted um, a very um, popular show focusing on partisan bickering, by the way. So we got really good at politics. And then he came and uh, now is the host of the Browsers Radio program on KSL News Radio. He's the author of two books, Freedom Ain't Free and Joyful Union, and the creator of about 100 apps. I mean, the guy is the Renaissance man. You can find uh, more information on his website, jmcfarland.com. Jay, welcome to the show, my friend. Good morning. Glad to be here. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. It's a big day. This is a, this will be the day when you're like, where were you on April 24th? <laughs> is this the day? And, and, and Apple changed the world again. <sighs> where were you? What were you doing? Okay, now here's the deal, Jay. First of all, I now wear a Fitbit, not to drop a brand, but I wear an okay. exercise monitor band thing. And it's actually has helping it, it you? a lot because I need something that Great. keeps me paying attention. And having it on my wrist helps me pay attention. So I'm really kind of intrigued by the Apple Watch now. Before, I just thought that's kind of quirky. It's a big, expensive you know, you know, piece of jewelry. Yeah, I know. But here's yeah. the deal. I'm so tired of talking about it. And for years, we heard about it coming, right? And then here's here's kind of the agenda, and you have to straighten me out on this. They made the announcement in September of 2014. Then they did a keynote and a re-announcement on March 2015. Then they pre-sold it April 10th, and now they're officially on sale today where people can get them. But a lot of people, when they order them today, they still won't even get them till July. <sighs> yeah, I, you, you summed it up pretty well. I can't stand waiting, and I can't stand them talking about it. And by the way, through this entire thing, there's been hype in every kind of magazine about them, and yet they still weren't even orderable until April 10th. Now they're not even officially on sale. Apple? What was that? I mean, it's you think about this: more uh, a few million have sold, two or three million at least sold. We don't have the actual numbers. This is before people touched them. I know. I mean, they. They they couldn't even get their hands on them, and they dropped at least three hundred and fifty dollars. Yep. To put this Minimum. thing on their wrist and wear it, and and they already know it's going to change their life. So, <laughs> I mean, that's such genius to me. I it can't is. even comprehend what it would be like. I'm going to come out with a new product. Nobody even asked to touch it. They'll no. just go online and oh, sure. order it for hundreds of dollars. Well, tell me in the it, cells. It, it's fantastic. It, but this is nowhere near the same type of sales levels as like an iPhone, right? Or is it? Well, it actually is when you compare it to the initial product. Oh, is it really? Uh, Yeah. It's pretty strong, yeah. 
And when you look at Android Wear, which has been out for a year, Android, this is, you know, the other Android mm-hmm. smartwatches. Yeah. That's about four times the sales for the entire year oh, wow. already in just a couple of weeks. So, so, so you, it's uh, a it's successful, a significant, yeah. But it, oh, no question. But I guess is this just how Apple does it? They just they're just building awareness and interest and intrigue, even though it's sucking the life out of some of us. Well, yeah. I mean, you you think about it. Today is the actual release date, but you can't go into a single Apple store today. And get one. And walk out with one. <laughs> no, you're going to have to wait, uh, oh. like you said, until July. I went on midnight on the 10th and uh, placed an order for my wife. I ordered it at about 12.05 because she's like you. She wears yeah. a Fitbit. Yeah. But she's, she, she works out all the time, and she's very interested in this watch. So I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it for her. I ordered at 12.05, and they told me delivery date of May 13th. Oh wow! To the twenty seventh. Yeah. yeah, I heard and, that, and I thought, I thought I was going to get it on the twenty fourth. But this is this is classic Apple. They always under promise, over deliver. So a lot of us received an email yesterday saying, "Hey, we know we said March May thirteenth, but you're actually going to get it on Monday." So oh, our, see. I just received a delivery notice. I get mine on Monday. I'm all excited. You'll be happy. They beat my expectations. Maybe it's because yeah, they know you're Jay McFarland. All the time. They know you're Jay McFarland. <laughs> yeah. And you're going to talk it up. We used to do this in the pizza business all the time. You <laughs> under-promise yeah. and you over-deliver. And, and that's the genius of Apple. So we're actually excited. We'll have one in our hands on Monday. But my co-host and I, we went down a couple of weeks ago to try them on in the Apple store. Have you done that? No, I haven't. How do they look? Experience. Is it? Well, yeah. What did you like? You want to walk in. Yeah. Well, if you want to walk in, first of all, and just try one on, good luck. You need an appointment. (laughs) You can see them. They're under glass. Oh, man. But you can't, you 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 can't can't play with it. Yeah. Them on unless you, unless you have an appointment. Then if you get an appointment, you walk up to this table and there's nothing on it. And you're like, where are the watches? And the Apple genius will wave their watch in front of the table and a drawer will pop out. And then that's where all the watches are. They're hidden in this this oh, drawer. Heavens. And then it's like Bond. And then unlike any other yeah. <laughs> and then unlike any other Apple product, there's so many options that it's it kind of it kind of blows your mind. There's so many different bands. There's three different models. There's two different sizes. Ugh. And unlike any other Apple rollout, I just felt kind of like a little bit overwhelmed. There are just so many options because this is a fashion accessory yeah. and it's a smartwatch. And so it, it really, I kind of felt overwhelmed by it. So are you going to, you're going to, you've got one for your wife. Are you going yeah. to get one? Well, I, I did this thing. I suspect that she may want the smaller face, the 38 millimeter yeah. face. So you bought the and bigger And so one. I ordered. Brilliant. <laughs> that way. That's brilliant. If it's too big for her. I guess I'll have to take it and order her the smaller. Yeah, no, that's how I do it you all the time. My little, that's you right. See my little, that's brilliant. You see my little plan. It's like the husband that brings home a sports car, even though the the mother has four yeah. children. He's like, well, oh, so yeah, you don't I want the Porsche? Not. Okay, I'll do, I guess I'll keep it. Mm. I kid you not. I heard somebody just the other day say they bought a Harley so they could spend more time with their wife. <laughs> that's exactly what we're talking about. And it's it's that good quality time where we can't talk. But we can yes. we can hold each yeah, other, we, but we can't talk. Just keep your mouth closed yeah, so bugs say, don't fly then, in. Right, and then that you actually get to try and use the watch 
uh, in the Apple Watch store. And I have to tell you, it's it's pretty impressive. Mm. I've used a lot of the Android Wear watches. Is it bulky? I've tried smart watches before. No, no, it's really not that bulky. And the interface is different. You know, we've all kind of learned a language. We've learned a smartphone language, yeah. swipe and a pinch to zoom. That's all different. And so you have to learn a different interface language mm-hmm. with it. Um, but the, once you get the hang of it, it's pretty intuitive. And uh, I have to tell you, I haven't worn a watch for 10 years. But I walked out of the Apple You're buying a watch. It may be time. Yeah. yeah, it may be time. Well, and for me, I, like amazing. the Fitbit changed my life, really, because it get, it really focuses me. And I won't think about my health unless something vibrates on my wrist or or then I can right. pull up everything I'm doing. The other thing I like, too, about the watch is it'll connect to everything else I've got on my – basically on my computer. When I do a PowerPoint presentation, I can use my watch, I guess, to to be a remote, I've heard. So I'm yeah, excited. Yeah, to advance the slide. Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah, that's from. All right, you sold me, but I'm gonna. I'm still gonna wait till the battery's better. Well, and here's the other thing: is if if you're gonna place an order right now and not get it delivered until July, you may want to wait till the Apple Watch too. Yeah, which will be when? All the bugs. Well, you know, a a year away. If if Apple follows their typical model, within a year of their of their initial rollout date. The Apple Watch 2 will be out. It'll be mm. thinner. It'll have a longer battery life. It will outdo the functionality of these phones. So first, the doctors will be, uh, you know, they'll be wanting another one, and my right. kids will be excited because yeah. they'll be hoping for the hand-me-down. See? That's how this goes. That's how this goes. Yeah, it's exactly. But are you really willing? This has been the question I've asked the whole time. Are you really willing to pay at least $350? To not pull your phone out of your pocket. Well, but see, I kind of see because it differently because I paid. No, I didn't pay, but well, I see it because too. I the Fitbit is one hundred and eighty bucks, one hundred and fifty yeah. bucks. But you know, your you know you know an iPhone will do all the same tracking. Well, I know, but you have to then. It, yeah, but you but you have to have it on your hip, and you have to you have to yeah it doesn't vibrate on your wrist. So in my business, like when I go meet with a client, I can't have my yeah. phone like becoming a part of my conversation with them. So I need something that's well, a little more private. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't but, want you yeah. to think you're texting yeah. during a consultation is, what, right. is yeah. what you're saying. They're paying money. So for and, for yeah. you, it would be worth it. Yeah. For others, I could for see. Me, yeah. I, yeah. But you yeah, know, I don't think so. I'll let At you, this point, I don't. I'll just, just take your wife's. I mean, it won't fit. Let's, we all know that. Um, <laughs> That's what I'm hoping. We got to take a break. We're talking to Jay McFarland, uh, our tech guru. Go to his website, jmcfarland.com. When we come back, we're going to continue to pick his brain about other issues in technology. Find out what he's uh, been thinking about. I want to talk a little bit about Google Fi and uh, Comcast. Time Warner bid fell through. Also, what he thinks about this Twitter Periscope app. To me, it seems like a pretty cool way to to uh, you know have kind of online or streaming of stuff. We'll take a break, folks. More on technology. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. 
Uh, this morning, we're talking with our tech guru, Jay McFarland, uh, who really is um, this is what he does all day. He's a co-host on a show called The Browsers on KSL. You can find it at ksl.com. And also, uh, he just is he's an app developer, has his own website, jmcfarland.com. Fun to talk to, A, but, you know, knows everything that's going on in the industry. Jay, welcome back to the show, my friend. Thank you, sir. Good to be hanging out with you. Hey, here's a question for you. By the way, Google, they're into everything. Yes. What are they not touching? I mean, technology, oh. robot, they're into everything. Drones, yeah, they, yeah. glasses, now Wi-Fi. They're, they're building an entire Wi-Fi division. They're, they're offering wireless service that people will eventually be able to buy or get Google Wi-Fi, right, through like Verizon or all these other cell stores. Well, yeah, kind of this is actually going to be a competition with your AT&T, your Verizon. The idea is to roll out a, uh, a phone service that doesn't have contracts. It's inexpensive. And you only pay for data that you use. And the primary way that you will receive your phone signal is through Wi-Fi. Unfortunately, it only works on one device right now, the Nexus. Yes. And it only uh, will be for people who go on and register and hope that they get included in part of the program. But it's going to cost between $20 to $30 a month. And the way it'll work is if you're at home and you're on your Wi-Fi, then you'll use it like a normal phone through your Wi-Fi. And then when you get out in public, it will be looking for either Google's free Wi-Fi services or other free Wi-Fi networks. If it can't find one and you still want to use your phone, then it hops Then it hops onto T-Mobile and Sprint's network. Okay. So you'll still be able to use it everywhere, um, but it will, it, it will seamlessly be able to operate between Wi-Fi and those networks. The problem is T-Mobile and Sprint don't have the biggest coverage area, so that's a concern. Hmm. But if you have Wi-Fi most of the places that you're at, and a lot of vehicles now have Wi-Fi. Oh, yeah. So, you, you know, you may you may just always be on that service. So 20 to 30 gives you all the texting and phone minutes that you want, and then it's $10 per gigabyte of data usage. And if you don't use the 10 gigs, they actually refund you the money every single month for the data that you didn't use. So it seems like an interesting model, but again, one device right now, the Nexus 6, and that's because it has a special radio transmitter in it that can hop around to these different networks. So do you sense this will take off? I mean, it's very very hard to say. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because first of all, one device. I mean, Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is clearly clearly a beta program, right? One device. And by the way, you, you know, you can't get subsidies for that device. You can't walk in and say, if you sign a two-year contract, we'll give you the Nexus 6 for right. $200. You're going to have to drop, you know, a minimum of 650 bucks up front for the device. They may offer a payment program, uh, but this is in the very, very early stages called Google's Project Fi. At this point, it's just kind of, hey, something else Google's dabbling in. Who knows where it's going to go? Google Glass uh, is basically gone. It came and went. Yeah, they're saying they're going to bring it back, but they do a lot of this testing, you know, to see if uh, if it will take off. At this point, it's just too hard to say. Is I guess they just have a lot of money and they have a really smart idea that just gets your hand in everywhere. Yeah, 
and absolutely, absolutely right. And why not? Because they have uh, all of this internet connectivity. They're rolling out Google Fiber and Salt Lake City. It's already in Provo. Mm-hmm. They're trying to provide the internet globally. So why not provide a phone service to go along with it? It seems like a natural extension of what they're doing. Well, and Google. I'll tell you the, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to tell you the one thing that really is getting my attention is this Periscope app. So I want to be. You like that? Yeah, about. yeah. Let's go there because Periscope. So it's basically like a live video streaming from your mobile phone. Yeah, this is a this is a small company that Twitter purchased for. You know, a couple guys put it together. They sold it for a hundred million dollars to Twitter. And, uh, you know, just live in the American dream. Yeah. And, and the idea is you can live stream anything, anywhere. And people are live streaming their cereal for breakfast in the morning. <laughs> They're live streaming deciding what – streaming their commutes. They're live streaming all of this stuff. And, and there's another app out that was before this called Meerkat. Yeah. Uh, which is also doing the same thing. But there's actually a lot of controversy now around Periscope. Why? Because people are live streaming things that businesses don't want them to live stream. So, for oh. example, the NHL came out just yesterday and said, uh, no more using Periscope on our games. Sure. So, pe- so yeah. people will say, hey, I'm going to the NHL game. I'll, uh, I'll Periscope it for you. <laughs> so, and I'll give you the play-by-play. So then oh. those, people, those people aren't watching the game on yeah. TV. No need for They're NBC Sports. On, yeah. Exactly. Interesting. They're watching it on Periscope. So you think about all those different circumstances, music, concerts, yeah. movies, sporting events, where the revenues are generated off of ticket sales and television watching, and people are Periscoping these events. Sure. So that's, that's the controversy side. The really awesome side is remember this uh, this huge gas explosion they had in New York City yeah. a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, one of the primary places that people watched that live wasn't the news anymore. It was on Periscope. All of these citizen journalists pulling up their phones and yeah. giving you these unique angles. So we're all carrying around these devices to document events, and it's I think it's quickly going to become a thing where you. You may turn on network news, but you may also pop on the uh, well, yeah. on Periscope. You just do a hashtag the into the story, huh? And then you could have yeah. 10 different Periscopes on it. Yeah. I mean, you think about kids in a school on lockdown or somebody inside an event where something is happening uh, that is newsworthy, and they're going to all pull up Periscope. You're going to get angles on stories, and you're going to see things that I don't know if you want to see. Oh, for sure. No, for sure. Uh, You know it'll go there. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like we suddenly have a rash of videos of what's happening with police officers Uh as they interact with citizens. That's because everyone's documenting now. Anytime there's an altercation, people are pulling out their phones. Now they're going to be live streaming. And by the way, when you're done with the live stream, you can opt to save it or to delete it. So those will be up there. So you could go up to an event that just happened that you missed on Periscope and just watch all of the live streams that occurred around that event. Hmm. It's pretty cool it technology. Is cool. Well, I'm thinking uh, but, like we could stream the show. You could oh, yeah. just start putting it. Have you guys done that on your show? We have a live stream for our show. I've been as I've you know, as I've been reading about Periscope, I've thought about Let's just play with uh, it. Yeah. How about you do your show and we'll do ours and we'll see who can put together the better. Uh, oh, yeah. You have, well, you have, a, you have a television station behind you, too. Oh, that's, yeah. Well, and you have but Amy. That's the idea is 
is yeah. Periscope is for those people who don't have a television. That's it. See, that's it. That's how. That's how come. Yeah, we're going to use it now. The whole the bad thing was it Meerkat? Is that what it was called? Yes. Boy, I mean, they just they just got played because weren't they well, doing yeah. really well? And then Periscope made the deal with Twitter. Yeah, because Meerkat's primary delivery vehicle was Twitter. And then they and just then, had the rug taken out. Yeah, yeah. Twitter just said, hey, thanks. It's been <laughs> fun. We're going to provide our own service, which which happens so, you know, so many times. But, you know, you also think about uh, grandparents who want to watch uh, a yeah. lacrosse game or a basketball game yeah. uh, for their kids on the other side of the world or for, you know, it's graduation season. And yeah. You can't make it to the graduation. We'll use Periscope. I think the other problem, though, is that you you say a graduation at BYU, which is which yeah. I know is happening. Uh, you think about everybody trying to periscope that and what it will do to the network in that area. It will <laughs> so fry. True. It's right? true. It's totally <laughs> it true. Completely, it will completely shut it down. I think you'll see a lot of venues and a lot of places like this uh, disabling that feature if they can figure out how to do it, so that people cannot live stream. You know, but think of what an interesting world that is now where, I mean, the birth of a baby, all of these things yeah. can be captured. I mean, it used to happen. You could do it. You could hire a company to come in and live stream something. But now Billy Bob can do it, you know. Yeah, Christmas morning and, and you want the grandparents there to see, you know, you, your kids opening their presents. There's just thousands of times cool. where this can be such a viable technology. And so I, I think. Periscope is here to stay. You're going to see more controversy around it, but you're also going to see a lot of people uh, really taking advantage of it. So it's an app that you can download uh, called it, Periscope. It seems like what you're with it. seems like what you're saying is this technology stuff's probably here to stay. Well, I, yeah, I decided that like last night at midnight. <laughs> I thought, you know, I'm going to tell Matt tomorrow. I'm going to go out on a ledge. You're going to go out on a limb there. I think tech is going to hang out with us for a Can while. Can you imagine even trying to take people back to the old days? I, I mean, I mean well, I have to, pre-phone, pre-cell phone. Well, I have to tell you, Matt, the things that I hear about now, I keep saying, oh, come on, why does anybody need that? And then I try it, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, That's I really cool. need that. Yeah. Like, well, I have, I just, I'll, I'll, let it, I'll let it out. I just bought a new, a new truck, and yeah. it has Wi-Fi in it. And I thought, why in the world does my car need Wi-Fi? Right, right. And then I drove the kids to San Diego in it. Uh, and the first thing I noticed about the truck is it doesn't have a, a movie screen in it. You know, the little flip down screen? Yeah, you don't need it. And I thought, I, I thought, you know what? With Wi-Fi, you hand all the kids the tablets. Yeah. And I didn't hear peep from them for 12 hours. Oh, I, that's I had to look back. <laughs> I had to check their pulse to see yeah. if they were alive. Each one of them is watching their own Netflix or playing their own games or, uh -huh. or doing their own Twitter. And and so I thought, oh, my God, I am never going to not have a car without Wi-Fi. But how many times and did they say, are, are we there yet? How much longer? Yeah, did not any, one time. Not once. Not not one time. And any fights? Thought, any fights? No. Huh. No, nothing. I, I did not hear from them. <laughs> and the other thing that was amazing to me is I thought, man – like a Wi-Fi hotspot, that's probably going to cost me $40, $50 a month yeah, for the Wi-Fi. Yeah. I just added it as another phone to my family plan with AT&T. Oh, wow. wow. And it just shares the data with all of my other phones, and my vehicle has Wi-Fi. It's mind-blowing. That's really cool. And I absolutely love it, and, and I will never give it back. See, you're going to have to. 
you got to pry it out of your dead hands, which might be in the truck <laughs> after you were watching your yeah, movie exactly on the right. drive to San Diego. <laughs> but honestly, that's what I think is so cool, Jay, is – and you, you don't even need to use every one of these ideas. Just use the ones no. that apply to you. But And you may just need Periscope once a quarter. But right. it, like for the dad that can't make it to the son's recital or daughter's recital, it could be a, a, a life changer. That's exactly right. And that's where I think you're going to see most of it used. The other side we didn't really talk about is, of course, it's being used to live stream things that some people are interested in, but others would say highly inappropriate. Yeah. I mean, you have the whole sexting thing. You have uh, So there's going to be that, and Twitter's going to have to deal with how to rate the content because really all I have to do is hit play and it starts broadcasting. Does it really? So you're, and you're in. I, and yeah. yeah. Whatever I feel like showing. Uh, so that's going to be a concern. We haven't seen a lot of stories about that yet, but I'm sure you're yeah, going to. That's huge. Well, I'm th- sure that's this is why we probably, yeah, we're going to have to get really good at, at censoring and yeah. learning how to censor ourselves. Well, yeah, because Twitter has this service, Vine, which is very popular, these little quick video vignettes. Yeah. Oh, I love Vine. And Vine, as you know, if you've used it, you can stumble across some bad stuff really Mm -hmm. quick. So if you're letting your kids on Vine, uh, you know, that that has to be something you watch and monitor pretty aggressively. Pay attention. Uh, Yeah, and it's going to be the same way. And hopefully they'll be able to work in some type of rating system. Yeah. Uh, to help make that a little bit safer. Well, Jay, you make it all. Parents. You make it so much easier for us. Is that is that my goal? Well, it's tech. I'm just you know. Well, I don't know what I would do without it. Honestly. Well, you'd probably be dead. I, I yeah. Let's be real. I, I would use paper. <laughs> just, I would get a paper. Remember the day that you used to just pull out a piece of paper and write on it? No, it's I haven't used a pen in probably three years. <laughs> You've forgotten to write. Your hands yeah. have atrophied. <laughs> Well, can you, I think about where we're all going to evolve to. I know, or devolve, you know? right. Yeah, right. exactly. Like, just what's going to happen to our thumbs because we're trying to press <laughs> these tiny little keys? I know. Someday it's going to get real pointy. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just very pointed at the edge with a, like a really <laughs> soft pad. Like little thumb stylus. Yeah, no that's more fingernails. It, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what so it's going to become. And we're all going to develop a second pair of eyes in the top of our head uh-huh. so that we can text and walk without running into things. <laughs> oh, evolution. Thank heavens yes. for it. Sure, we'll look like Martians, but you know what? Very smart, tech-savvy we'll Martians. so happy. We'll Jay, you're so. the best, my friend. Uh, thanks for your work. And everybody, go check out his website, jmcfarland.com. 100 apps the dude's put together. And just also his radio show, he's he's into everything. So and such a great resource. Jay McFarland's his name. JayMcFarland.com is the website. We're gonna take a break and uh, come back, do a little bit, uh, a few more of the headlines, and then uh, you know, set you free for a bit. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. It's official. I guess I'm buying the watch. But here's what I've done. So you caved? No. What I'm going to do is I'm going to wait till I meet my fitness goals. Ah. Oh. So uh, I have to lose like 25 pounds. And um, so this will never happen. Is what you're wh- saying? What do you mean by that? I'm just no, what are you pointing saying? out that 
What are you saying? Weight loss is a very difficult thing to achieve. No, wait, no, hold on. You just said so it will never happen. The 25 pounds. But you lost how much weight? That was different. So it did happen. So it's different with you. Yes. But it's not with me. I have some. But I have a Fitbit. <sighs> and I'm a bit fit. I did it without a, any sort of thing attached to me telling me how, how active I am. Yeah, but see, you're, again, different. You don't need feedback. Okay. I'm doing it because I'm also going to get a watch is, out of is it. Is stick is that a word? Is yes. that a thing? Uh-huh. That, is, that is my 25th strength. You have that? It's my 25th out of 25. I don't, I don't know if I, I would. It's called self-regulation or okay. self-discipline. Those are my lowest two. Okay. But that's why I need a Fitbit because it reminds me that I need to stick to Stick to it. <laughs> yeah. So, but see, that's funny because if, if I had a guy wake me up every day to go work out and he was bigger than me, I'd go work out. So I don't need it on my wrist. I could hire it to have him come work out with me. So that's how my wife was successful because I was like, come on, let's go. That's exactly right. So you're like a ball. You're the, you're the typical ball and chain. Yeah. But you, I am an, definitely with, the – With an attitude. The, the figuratively pain so, in her neck. So that's how you helped her. So <laughs> she would be one that maybe the Fitbit might help because – I mean like – And forbid, she has one. Let's so. say you were to die. She hey. would need some other chain, a ball or chain. Like you always say, my Fitbit's like a handcuff. It kind of it looks like a handcuff. I have two of them today. Yeah, that's why I don't want to have two things on my wrist. I want to have yeah. one. It looks like you're accessorizing now. I know it is, <laughs> but I have to pay fifty dollars more for with my a shirt? Fitbit that's like a watch. Yeah, it's just hard. Well, I shouldn't keep saying Fitbit because it could be any. It could be. There's, there's it could be a jawbone. Yeah, it could be Kraken. That's another one. A Kraken. The Kraken. <laughs> From, it's the Pirates of the Caribbean line. Yeah. It'll anyway. alert you. It'll go, arg. Arg, you got to walk, matey. Some interesting things are going on in Chile. You mean Chile? Chile. Chile? I call it Chile, but that's an American. What's going on there? There's a volcano. Oh, yeah. It, sure. uh, they're on red alert, as it says Uh-oh. here. Oh, is it going to? Twin eruptions of the Calbuco volcano. Mm. You're probably messing that no, up, too. No, you nailed it. The authorities warning that a third and even more aggressive eruption could be imminent at any time. So the volcano has has gone off twice. Okay, there are huge plumes. Ugh. There's video slow. Do you they, remember Mount St. Helens and all that dust would just fall? That's what's happening, and it's spreading as far away as Argentina. Oh, the city itself, that. the people are just leaving in droves because there's just all this ash going to fall mm. out. The water's going to be contaminated. The land's going to be Tragic. messed up. It's a, it's By the a way, Argentina's going to hate that because they don't like Chilenos. It's a, They're already mad at The them. first eruption of the volcano in 42 years. Oh, man. Uh, the images online are crazy. There's uh, some time-lapse uh, photography of the explosion. You see the clouds just billowing up. The, uh, there was an earthquake. Uh, what, two earthquakes, the bigger of which had a magnitude of three, occurred in the area last night. So you had volca- volcanic eruption, and, and then you the had earthquakes because the whole place is just going nuts. Oh, this is crazy. So yeah, the ashes coated the streets and cities more than uh, than 50 miles away in Argentina, caused the border to be closed in several places. Thousands of people have been evacuated from a 13-mile exclusion zone around the volcano. How many? A 13-mile exclusion zone. Thousands <sighs> of people. So they're just trying to clear everybody Get out everybody they out. know what's going to happen. Get out while you can. 
Also, uh, the U.S. Geological Survey, the USGS, as mm-hmm. it's called. Uzga, as we call it in the, in the industry. In the industry. They have, uh, dis- they have indicated that man-made activities like fracking have triggered a sharp increase in earthquakes since 2009 in the central and eastern U.S. Really? Alabama, Arkansas, Colorado, Kansas, New Mexico, Ohio, Oklahoma, and Texas all have experienced increased numbers of earthquakes. And the USGS says it's fracking and other like activities that are leading right, to well, this. How are they sure, not sure it's not this volcano? Because that's on the other side of the earth, on the bottom of the planet. <clears throat> yeah, but maybe there's a you know maybe there's a vein. I'm just saying. And one of the benefits they said, or one, people had long kind of said that you're messing with the bedrock, you're messing with the understructure, yeah. and causing problems in these areas when it comes to groundwater and all kinds sure. of things. And they've long uh, supporters have long denied it. Well, slowly it looks like that this could be the case. Uh, the increase has been linked to industrial operations that dispose of wastewater by injecting it into deep, deep into wells mm-hmm. to push like the gas and oil out. Yeah, and by doing that, you're disrupting how the whole uh, – the structure of it all causing some Well, see, that's what's neat about Mother Nature is if it really is, then Mother Nature is going to correct it with like an earthquake. You hope so. Um, Interesting. Oh, do you ever get a song stuck in your head? Yes. So the, and it won't – you can't get it out of your head. Xana do. It's called an earworm. That's like a technical okay. term. It's constantly in there. Like yeah. there's this song Friday that you have an affinity oh, for. Friday's fantastic. That is an earworm. It never goes away. People get it stuck in their head mm-hmm. and it's your fault because you want to play it. Yeah. A new study suggested if you want to get rid of an annoying song out of your head, chew a piece of gum. Really? It turns out that the mechanical act of moving one's jaw up and down can reduce the number of times people think about a catchy song as well as how often they hear that song playing in their minds. Fantastic. So the way you get rid of an earwig is you chew gum and an then... earworm. Oh, sorry. Earworm. Earwig is different. It's an actual bug. If you have an earwig, you might want to go check <laughs> go to the consult doctor, a doctor. Let them yes. pull that out. Uh, so, but you chew gum and it makes it so you don't keep thinking of that song. What if the song is so catchy yes. that it just keeps coming up over and over? Turn off YouTube because that's what just happened now. Um, to be clear, it's not a silver bullet. It's not going to fix the problem completely for every person, no. but they've seen an increased number of people finding success with this I'm method. I'm chewing gum right now, yeah, and I'm still hearing the song. You have to chew vigorously. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Yeah, I so still hear you... it. I still hear it. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. Ah, it just keeps hearing. Ah, it's just so weird. Rebecca Black. It's Friday. We're going to take a break, my friends. Come back after the news. Do more information, more ideas to help you live longer and stronger. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your life coach, your guide on the side. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the program. Uh, During the break, we were planning our first Periscope live shot. What do we call that? Live feed. Stream. Stream. It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge someday when we get around to it. Liver contests. Uh, I think we're going to have a clown in studio. Clown in studio. I'll be wearing my muscle tee, flexing my guns. Pet tricks. 
be great. Stupid pet Stupid tricks. Stupid pet tricks would be great. This is going to be fun. I think the live stream show will be completely different. You know what I mean? I bet you James won't wear his pajamas. So you're saying that it'll cause the quality of the show will take off that no one uh-huh. sees yeah. to actually change. Yeah. Okay. It'll be fantastic. You will no longer leave in the middle and go nap. Well, I mean, when you have the time. Yeah. When you have the time, you <laughs> may not, as well nap. Why not take a nap? I mean, I don't get a nap during the whole show. No, you're you're on. I mean, not on, but I'm here trying. You're, you're, you're semi-conscious. Yeah. Well, then you hibernate after the show. I do hibernate. This week I've been hibernating. Yesterday I walked into your office. You weren't there mm-hmm. when I was leaving for the day. Where was I? Uh, I don't know. Was I suffering pizza poison? I don't um, – you might have. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't find you, so I stopped. went, hmm, and I looked under the desk just well, to make sure yeah. you weren't <laughs> there. I did the same thing. If he's not in his office, I always look under the desk. Yeah. yeah. And I know you're not going to be there because I know it's you know kind of a Did you look under joke. your desk? <laughs> now that I have one, no, I did not look under my desk. But that would be a good place to hide because it is in the back corner yeah. and it's like anyone goes I'm not back gonna, there. I won't go near James's desk because there's too much light right there. Yeah, right next to a window. Yeah. A lot of bright yeah. light. And then everyone else is there. You guys talk out there. Yeah. Yeah, I've been hibernating. It's hard. It's hard to do a show Every day, all day, three hours a day. But I'll occasionally look under the desk just to make sure. I know you're probably not going to actually go to sleep under your desk. Well, I would if you guys wouldn't keep coming in. But, yeah, well. I was probably getting my jammies on. Okay. I can't sleep in my regular clothes. It's kind of weird. Um, So you never found me. No. That was rude because I noticed you never said goodbye. And I just wanted to say, hey, we'll see you later. There was really nothing to say. You You could just say goodbye. You could always text it in. You can always text me and I'll tell you where I am. Nah, I mean – You know what I was doing? There's <sighs> there's, some, there's some commitment there because then a conversation can start. That's true. That's a good delay point. my actually leaving, which you, is kind of cathartic for the day. So. You know what's really interesting? I was probably editing. I do a lot of audio editing. Really? Yeah. This is new. Yeah. Yeah. So it's probably in one of the really dark edit rooms, edit bays. Yeah, those are great. And I was probably editing something. With the 15 screens. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I turned those off. Okay. I like to edit without screens. It's too bright. So we have to start checking under those desks as well. Mm-hmm. I edit on the ground underneath the desks. I do it because it's just how I, I like to edit. I mean, it's audio. It's comfortable. It's very comfortable. Edit in a prone position. Yeah. Nice. What's wrong with that? I have no judgment. Yeah, good. That I'm going to verbalize. I'll keep good. it to myself. That's really good. Hey, um, today, right now, we're talking about, oh, soon, we're going to be talking about IQ. Does it go up or down? Has it gone up or down? I asked you that. You thought it went down. I think it went down you because technology is lowering our brain yes, capacity. Because we don't have to remember things as much. Right. But we do, don't we? We do. Because I had to remember the word periscope. Right. I have to know a Twitter hashtag handle. But we couldn't remember the name Janet Reno, who was an attorney general. That was it. See? Yeah. But where did I find Janet. it? The Book of Knowledge. The Book of Knowledge. I consulted the Bible? Google. Google. Oh, Google. The Book of Knowledge. Um, so we're going to actually be talking to an expert who's done a study on it. Dr. David Baker will be joining us talking about folks that uh, our IQ levels are actually going up. And the more school you attend, the more your IQ goes up. Well, you actually have to learn things at school. So I, I get that. Yeah. It's not like the bus ride. Yeah. 
But our school systems have changed over the last hundred years, so it's not just memorization anymore. Now you're learning actual, you know, conflict resolution skills, problem solving skills, practical usage. Yeah, analytical yeah. skills and tools. So we'll get into that today. So that's actually very, very good news for all of us, especially because. You know, we we are at a university. We could keep studying here. We could. That option is available. Or we could just watch Netflix, which, which will get you nowhere. Is also a bit. I don't know. <laughs> Got to catch up on Daredevil. Oh mercy! <laughs> uh, any headlines going on? Anything interesting happening? Mar- Marco Rubio. Marco. He is emerging as casino a uh, casino magnate Sheldon Adelson's uh, preferred money. candidate <gasps> money in 2016. Adelson's got money. Now we always talk about the. The Koch brothers or Adelson, these guys, yes. they got a lot of coins. So according to Politico, the 81-year-old Adelson, the world's 18th richest, richest person and aspiring GOP kingmaker, this is wow. from, again, Politico, yeah. considers Rubio the future of the Republican Party mm-hmm. and admires his hawkish stance on Israel, which is his big issue. Yeah. He's remembered for spending roughly $100 million on the 2012 election, much of that to prop up the floundering candidacy, candidacy of former House Speaker Newt Gingrich. $100 million. $100 million down to the Newt drain. because he liked his stance on Israel. But he, he'll he throw money. He'll throw a lot of money. Yes, he will. Koch Brothers, $800 million, they were saying. He'll throw millions of millions. So if you get yourself a backer, then you can function as a Hillary as a Clinton going for $2.5 billion. Yes, well, that's what people estimate that you'll need to, mm-hmm. to, to actually run. Which is crazy. Last year's election, $1 billion each they had to raise. Yes. What's happening to this country? It's crazy. Another candidate, hmm? former Hewlett Packard CEO Carly Fiorina. Fiorina. She says she's going to uh, announce pro- – oh, the Wall Street Journal reports that she'll announce her bid on May 4th. Cool. There we go. And then a female GOPer that can take on a female Democrat. Well, according to most reports, uh, there was a resounding "who" from most of the nation. So, well, she'll she'll she has some work to do to get yeah. her name out there. <laughs> she'll do it. Come on, she won't have any public events. She's going to announce it online. Oh, is she like Hillary? Yeah. You know what she needs to do? Just spitballing. She needs a Scooby Doo van. But don't do Scooby-Doo because that's been taken. She needs to call it the mystery machine. No, that's been taken. No, she called it the Scooby-Doo van. Hillary messed that up. It needs to be the, the mystery machine. Yeah, but you don't want your candidate in a machine called the mystery machine. <laughs> you could. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that won't work. It's negative. I get it. Yeah. The IRS have reportedly hung up on more than 8 million taxpayers this tax season. The IRS is hanging up on people. They don't have the staffing okay. thanks to budget cuts. Yeah. To uh, the IRS phone system couldn't handle the millions of calls it received this tax season. The system hung up on more than 8 million people calling about their taxes. Only 40% of callers reached a human at the IRS, according to the Associated Press. Or the Associated Press. Well, aren't they all humans? Well, sometimes you get a robo thing saying, our lines are busy. Please we're about hold. to hang up on you. And then after a while, it's like, we're going to hang up for convenience sake or something. For, for our convenience sake, we will now hang up on you. For those who did not get through, many of them were on hold for more than a half hour. IRS oh, Commissioner boy. John, uh, the commissioner said Wednesday that the agency's budget has been reduced by $1.2 billion since 2010, mm. which affected the phone system and the ability to get to all the phone calls. I can't believe that. But it did affect probably the people that have to answer calls. Yes. I mean, there are, remember, we already did a story. They're, they're using technology from the 50s. They still have computers that are from the 50s running your tax forms. 
I don't know, the 50s. That's what they said. So here's the crazy irony. Our phone system, I'll bet you it's 10 years old or less. Probably. They still have to have people running it. Robert Bates, the volunteer Oklahoma deputy charged in the shooting death of an unarmed black man. He's the guy that uh, reached for his, thought he was reaching for the taser, but reached for his gun and uh, shot the guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, he pled not guilty earlier this week to second-degree manslaughter, but also won approval for a family vacation to the Bahamas. Wow. So the 73-year-old Bates will return to court July 2nd. He shot Eric Harris April 2nd when he said he was trying to fire his taser instead of fire. So as they're going through mad. this, they arraigned him. They said, okay, your court date's this. And he says, I have this trip to the Bahamas that's already paid for. And the judge is like, yeah, sure, go ahead. Yeah, do what you got to do. So he's off to the Bahamas. But I guess so they're asking, is he a flight risk? A, uh, I mean, the, that, that's what that's about, right? If he's is, not, uh, Well, that's what the judge said. He goes, ah, you'll come back. We trust you, pal. You, you posted bail, so you have money on the line. He did provide like five cars for the police department. Did he provide yes. any cars for the Justice Department there? For the, I don't know. It is it is a small the fleet. Tight the judges area. all have a car. <laughs> well, oh, you know that again. It's just going to tick people off right there. What do you do? It already has. Yeah. Homeland. The Department of Homeland Security mm-hmm. is finalizing plans to open a satellite office in Silicon Valley that'll work with tech companies to improve cybersecurity and also to recruit work for the government. They want people in Silicon Valley, the best people, yeah, yeah. to come work the, for them. The best minds to work for the government. We want to work together. Well, sure. And it would be great. Come serve the country. Yeah. They're not going to pay no. what you need to have. And so paid. there's nobody's going to go, yeah, I'll give up this you know, yeah. lucrative career to come work for the government. That's not going to happen. Well, you know, what do you do? What do you do? I mean, there's some that might go serve. I think that'd be great. Noble. Uh, folks, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, Dr. David Baker will be joining us. He uh, was one of the leads on a study that basically shows IQ levels are going up, my friends. They're going up. And uh, the powerful thing about it, we could attribute a lot of it to how uh, our schools are running, how we're educating our kids. We'll be talking about that study with Dr. David Baker up next right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. You know, just as more physical exercise can improve your sports performance uh, as an athlete, would you believe that more challenging mental workouts in schools may be building up the students' mental muscles or their IQ? Well, our next guest, Dr. David Baker, has actually studied this idea and... uh, and the Flynn effect, I believe, is what they're calling it. And he's here today to uh, to help us understand a little bit better how our IQ may be going up. Dr. David T. Baker is a professor of educational theory and policy and sociology at Penn State University in the College of Education. Dr. Baker, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks, Matt. Nice to be here. Good to have you. And um, I, I really – I was intrigued by this idea. So you're telling us our IQ um, has gone up. Since in the last hundred years, as, as a general population, correct. Uh, each each uh, generation uh, is scoring higher on IQ tests, and particularly the part of the IQ test which is uh, more abstract reasoning, uh, known as uh, fluid IQ. And uh, this is a uh, whole phenomenon is named after uh, the social scientist uh, uh, Flynn, who who found this. 
And uh, there's been a large debate about it for uh, a number of years because it uh, flies in the face of uh, what a lot of people thought about uh, intelligence, that intelligence uh, was uh, fixed genetically, um, and uh, a large part of uh, intelligence is uh, genetic, just like uh, athleticism and so forth. But uh, nevertheless, there were these very, very large uh, increases. Hmm. At the same time, at the same time, um, we know that uh, these increases uh, don't mean that our grandparents uh, were uh, mentally uh, uh, retarded. Yeah, slower, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, or that our or that our kids are all going to be geniuses. So uh, there seems to be a, a a whole sector of intelligence and cognitive functioning uh, that we don't understand, and so a group of uh, other researchers and I uh, put forth the argument that with the growth of uh, formal education, schooling, uh, over the 20th century, uh, that uh, having uh, kids, uh, long hours in school, doing lots of cognitive uh, 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 processes, uh, reading, math, and so forth, that this may have uh, a big uh, part of, be a big part of the explanation. Hmm. And we did a lot of different kinds of studies, and we found uh, that uh, at the neurological level, uh, when uh, kids do uh, math and reading and so forth, it, it stimulates the parts of the brain that are uh, involved in these more uh, abstract cognitive processes. Uh, we also uh, did testing of uh, uh, people in uh, the highlands in Peru who had very uh, extreme access to education. In other words, some had oh upper primary, while others had none hmm. uh, when they were yeah. kids. But they live a very simple life um, and without a whole lot of external uh, material and so forth. And we found uh, a large effect there. Uh, those with more education uh, did indeed have these uh, uh, better uh, cognitive skills. And then lastly, a lot of people think that education has gotten dumbed down over the century. This is a very common yeah. argument out there. It's it's really a myth. Um, and we did a, a study of 100 years of American uh, math education for young kids, and we find that particularly since the 1960s when everybody's exposed to education, that actually the cognitive components of education got more intensified. Um, and so altogether, the research suggests that um, the spread of education and the intensification of education uh, is one, one uh, cause of this, uh, this Flynn effect. So the, gen- the genetics are still there. Of it, course. It's just, it's just maybe now the variable that's, that's improving is simply that we're learning more um, and we're learning differently because like a, a one-room schoolhouse where you could have, you know, from second graders to eighth graders in the room and everyone's just memorizing a bunch of words, that's different than today's schoolroom. Exactly. Now, it turns out that that one-room schoolhouse compared to not being in school at all, mm-hmm. at all being on a, on a, you know, doing a farming or something like that, very non-cognitive kind of things. Um, traditional farming, um, that that also has an effect. But you're right. Um, over time, we 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 focus more and more on this kind of abstract uh, uh, thinking and reasoning, and so it's not so much that that kids learn this directly. Yeah. But in the process of learning the things they have in school, they um, also learn this ve- or or develop this very 
dynamic uh, process. So, so it's a lot like it's a lot like athletics. So, for example, if we if we had a measure of some kind of athleticism over the century, I suspect that it's gone up as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, um, this doesn't mean that um, you know, no matter how much I practice, I'm never going to be an Olympic athlete because <laughs> yeah, I, don't have, yeah. I don't have the genetic gifts. Right. <laughs> Uh, and 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 I think that you know one of the things I want to caution your reader is, or listeners is that some of these uh, uh, companies and brain game companies mm-hmm. suggest that you know all you need to do is you know work out your brain and you'll you know become a super genius you know <laughs> that's that's not true there's still huge uh, uh, genetic components we, you know most of us have pretty similar genetic uh, uh, gifts and. Um, uh, and we can't we can't uh, you know uh, take them uh, necessarily to uh, extreme levels each one of us but yes um, there is uh, a, a major environmental effect here and and what we what we know about brains and and and, and neural development is is that they're very interactive with the environment it's very plastic in other words the interaction between genetics and the environment are very important for normal development of of, of brains, and there's been a lot of really cool research on that. That uh, if if, if uh, various mammals don't use parts of of, of uh, their perceptions of the environment, um, parts of their brains don't don't develop. Huh. So um, this seems to be coming to a major conclusion that the, the it's neither nature nurture or genetics versus environment. It's a, a very both. dynamic interplay between them. Help me with this. Does um, so if if I, if my children and I get uh, even more advanced because of environmental opportunities and experiences and interacting and and opportunities to be in school, that changes uh, my brain, kind of my development now, my scripting. Does, is that scripting and development then handed down genetically? Well, do we know yeah, that? This is, yeah, this is a this is the. A uh, big question that genetics is looking at right now. It used to be believed that this kind of uh, process was impossible. Um, however, uh, uh, Lamarckian kind of arguments um, back uh, in the history of biology, al- although people, researchers are starting to find at some low levels that this kind of epigenetic process might happen. But we've, we've not seen anything uh, anywhere near what you just said. Okay. Um, um, and um, I, I suspect we're going to find uh, that there are some processes like that, but um, not in the kind of simple mechanical sure. way that 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 you were you were suggesting. Because it's not evolution either. Because it, yeah. you wouldn't have the data. In I mean, this is within ninety years. It improved right. uh, the scores by about twenty five. Points that exactly. that's not that's not evolutionary. That's no, it, it happened much it happened much too fast for mm. that, uh, and so it really was uh, quite startling to yeah. to people who study intelligence because they didn't believe that these kind of scores could go up hmm. um, that, that quickly. And there was a, a lot of controversy. There still is, uh, although I think most um, scientists, most cognitive neuroscientists, believe that the Flynn effect is true. Um, I'm one of them, yeah. and um, so we need to start to understand what environments have have pushed this, um, and also then what what does that mean long term? Is yeah. it a good thing if everybody thinks that way? 
Well, on one hand, yes. Uh, on the other hand, other kinds of human talents get pushed aside. Uh-huh. Um, and um, Yeah, what I if you re- don't fit the mainstream, right? Like what they, if you're not one that can go sit in a classroom and learn that way? Exactly, Matt. That, I, I've just finished a book called The uh, School Society, and, and, and I talk about that. And so as school, schooling becomes the dominant institution for a lot of these things, um, if you're not very good at it, or if your kid has problems with it, it's it's very difficult. Yeah. It also pushes aside um, other kinds of um, human uh, talents, um, just because they're not seen as as, as so important. Um, and so, um, if you compare what uh, parents a hundred years ago on farms and small businesses wanted their kids to do with what they want today, it's very different. Mm-hmm. Totally and different the, goals. Yeah, so we lose some things along the way. Um, on the other hand, um, in terms of health, in terms of um, a family formation and a whole bunch of things, uh, more educated people and people who are able to think through abstractly a lot of things uh, live longer. Um, they have less kids. Um, they um, probably will... Um, die from uh, chronic disease at a very old age mm. um, and there's good and bad mixed in there yeah so well, this is so. this this is why I think it's such a fascinating uh, just conversation and so let's let's take a break we're talking with dr. David Baker David I want to come back and, and address some of those um, and also just what does the future look like with the, with this concept of the Flynn effect in in place where you know, our the way we teach and how we teach can impact raising IQ scores. It seems like there's there's kind of no end if we could understand that concept more and, and even increase our, scar, our scores even more over the next 100, 200 years. More with Dr. David Baker on IQ and uh, the impact that our, our lives, our schooling can have on the growth of our IQ. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back right here on BYU Radio. Friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Interesting discussion uh, with Dr. David Baker from Penn State College of Education. Dr. Baker is a professor of educational theory, policy, and sociology at Penn State. He, his research focuses on the impact of education on individuals and societies. His most recent book is The Schooled Society, The Educational Transformation of Global Culture. Today he's talking about some research he's done on IQ Basically teaching us that uh, over the last 90 years or so, IQ, the mean score of IQ tests have gone up 25 points over the last 90 years. So for some reason, uh, we're getting a little, I guess, more intelligent. And apparently then, Dr. Baker, it's attributable to our genes anyway, but genes were always kind of there over the last 90 years, but more, I guess, our educational pursuits. Right, that we've incorporated more and more people in education. Um, and uh, it really wasn't until uh, about 1960 uh, that uh, all kids in the United States were having significant uh, education experiences up through secondary. So 
So that's pretty recent, really. Mm. And, um, of course, now um, that's quite commonplace, and, 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 and lots of youth go on to college. Um, and so uh, what uh, in a series of studies what we've done is we basically said and found that, that this uh, incorporating uh, populations uh, into education, more intensively into education, and when education means more, uh, I was listening to some of the, some of the clips uh, uh, between the break there, and a lot of them told, were really talking about education effects. As yeah. Education becomes this very dominant institution. Uh, people have to play the game, take it more seriously. And uh, one of the outcomes has been uh, what's called the Flynn effect, or the rising, uh, rising IQ, um, uh, particularly in terms of uh, abstract reasoning. Now, now let me ask you, because this is – so it really might be that over the last 90 years, we've also included significantly more people into the educational world that might not normally have been educated. And let me make sure I'm getting this right. They may have actually improved their IQ scores by 50, per, 50 points when those that came from families over the last 90 years whose parents were already in school, they may have only improved their IQ scores by 15 points. Well, is, we don't really know. Do that. we know? Okay. No, no, so, no. So it's what, not what? just that we're bringing more people in that weren't educated. It's overall everybody's going up. Yes, that's right. That's great. Um, although early in the century we're, we were bringing up, uh, in a sense, the bottom part of the distribution of people who uh, didn't have much schooling. The, these tests were done on um, uh, young adults, um, and, and we, we not only find it in the United States, we find it in all kinds of developed countries. Uh, Japan, Scandinavia, and so forth. Um, we're also starting to find it in uh, developing countries, too, where education is expanding. So this seems to be a fundamental part of the uh, package. And in, in addition to abstract reasoning, the other things that are improving are, are what, what, what cognitive scientists call basic executive functioning. In other words, how your, how your brain manages the, the, its, uh, its capacity. Um, uh, working memory, uh, what you keep in, in kind of your scratch pad mm. as you solve a problem. Yeah. Your, your ability to um, look at a problem, a new problem, and say, okay, that's irrelevant, that's relevant, um, I've got to focus on that. Um, these, kinds of, these kinds of very fundamental skills have gone up considerably in the population. And uh, just doing the uh, day-to-day school things uh, seems to be a very big effect uh, because human experience up until the last 150 years really did not have this intensive cognitive schooling process. There was education, of course, in yeah. traditional societies, but it was not heavily abstract like it is now. And reading and writing, there's a lot of really nice uh, basic neuroscience uh, on those uh, processes uh, really impact uh, all kinds of parts of the brain that uh, would not be stimulated as much in a more traditional set of activities 150 years ago and so forth. You also brought up um, certain things. I mean, certain people eventually might also be struggling. I mean, in, in a way, as I'm hearing this, I'm also thinking, wow, okay, so somebody with ADD, uh, attention deficit or ADHD, or somebody that maybe is more creative, maybe more. Um, right. I, I wonder if they might start falling out and, and be seen more as a disciplinary problem because they're not going to necessarily love just certain problem solving activities, or I don't know. Right. What's your take? Yeah, right. Um, 
there's a whole lot of uh, things all going on at once. First of all, as we learn more about how the brain develops and how it how it um, functions, we can see more uh, pathology of it. We can we can identify um, kids and folks that 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 have certain kinds of uh, problems uh, much much better than we than we could even even twenty right years learning ago. disabilities. I mean, yeah, reading. I mean, uh, dyslexia. All yeah, all that stuff we didn't even all know that about stuff years ago. We start to know about, and and the good news is that it means once you can identify, people uh, people start to work on it, mm. and start to think about it. Um, but yes, at the same time, you mentioned discipline, so. Um, uh, it becomes very difficult uh, if you can't do the, uh, the do the um, uh, cognitive activities of schooling. Um, maybe you're not developmentally ready yet. Uh, maybe you've got discipline issues you've got to work through, psychological issues. We're, we're um, neuroscientists are learning that emotion and the control of emotion, mm-hmm. use of emotion at the right time is very important for cognition. People used to think cognition was totally separate from emotion, but they're intertwined now. And so that if people have problems with emotion or if they're under stress and stuff, it, this influences their not only their cognitive performance at the time, but also long-term neurodevelopment. Yeah. It's um, so- we, we just yesterday, doctor, we, we just had a discussion about food and, and bringing um, – now, school lunches, school breakfast to certain populations and how right. that's improving scores. And I yeah. think – I mean just little things like that are, are starting to probably enable uh, in ways that we never even knew about. That's right. The, the, the brain, the mind is very holistic and uh, it, 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 it responds to the environment in many, many ways that we didn't believe before. And so the whole revolution, the study of – uh, of, of brains and minds and, and the interaction with the environment is just really getting going. And so it's going to be uh, an amazing several decades of, 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 of findings. Can, can you assume that if the Flynn effect is in, is in process, is real and happening, do, do you see that we could take better advantage of it, tightening up things, doing things better to a point where in another 100 years we could jump another 25 points? Well, that's a big question. Um, there are some scientists that suggest, well, this this has to hit against genetic limits at some mm. point. Um, however, there are others that say, yes, that's true, except that we don't know what the upper limits are. Well, true. And they, and, they, yeah, they, that's they true. Quite, quite far. So every time, you know, we think we've seen the best athletic performance in some uh, uh, field or sport, you know, it, it changes in mm-hmm. a generation, right? Um, we also have so, technology, which could... Be utilized exactly. in a different way that would, you know, eliminate certain tasks and magnify others. Exactly. And also um, better public health, mm-hmm. uh, a number of things, uh, better screening for kids that have problems and get treatment. Um, so, so this could elevate things um, uh, quite a bit. School, too, there's a lot of research on schooling on how to uh, make it better in terms of uh, effective learning and so forth. And um, while not every little uh, bump in the road increases everything, um, there are, um, I think, some major changes. And we understand a lot more about how to teach reading, how to teach math, uh, how to engage people, how to make them mindful thinkers, um, and help them uh, use the talents that they have. So, yeah, I think we could see an increase for some time to come. Um, Dr. Baker, we have about a minute left, but I want you to teach us um, what should the average parent be doing um, okay. to, to help 
I mean, this is great and, and important information. And yet you, you know, you know so much more than the rest of us about what we could do to make, to give our kids the best shot to grow and, and grow our abstract thinking, our problem solving. What could we be doing better? Okay, well, well, it's not going to be very, very revolutionary. It's going to be, be, be basic parent. Um, love them, uh, yeah. uh, help them, help them go to school. Uh, also, uh, maybe don't become too fanatical over this, mm-hmm. um, uh, in the sense that, um, it's a holistic long-term development process. Um, so it's not that you should, you know, lock them up in a room and say, okay, you guys have to do more, more homework. Um, I think that that's the wrong approach, yeah. um, cause healthy, emotional, uh, physical, uh, nutritional, uh, and 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 being successful at school, um, both in terms of peer relations and cognitive growth and connection connections with teachers, I mean that this is, sounds very basic and straightforward, but um, that's what most of the research shows. Um, so so uh, being a good parent. Uh, in in all the ways we know is is really the best thing you can do. Yeah, here. just the basics. Well, and I guess to remember, parents, that you provided the genetics. <laughs> so <laughs> so if you're getting all down on your kids, and, and the environment, and I mean, that's I mean, right. That's true, huh? Yeah. I mean, I mean, clearly, you know, clearly engaging your kids, speaking to them, uh, talking about things, uh, showing them that you know. Uh, you read, you you think about things. I mean, uh, over the long term, these these uh, form habits in kids as they grow older that 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 will help them use their their cognitive skills mm. to, to the maximum. Good stuff. I appreciate it, Doctor David T. Baker. Thank you so much for your insight and the studies. Keep it up. We need to keep learning. Doctor David T. Baker, professor of educational theory and policy and sociology at Penn State University College of Education. Good stuff, man. That's how blessed we are to have we to have people studying this. You can now know we're getting smarter. We're understanding. We're learning how to solve problems at a level higher than ever before. So what a great, great, great blessing we've got. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll be talking about some movies and uh, just you know, some of the latest releases from Parent Previews right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Remember, the show uh, goal is to help you live longer, love stronger, and lead a healthier life. We also want you to go create your great life. You know, no life's going to be perfect, but it could be fantastic. It could be great. In the end, let's remember, we don't judge it just today. We judge it over time. Um, So one of the ways we try to do that is every Friday we have Rod Gustafson come on the show he uh, runs parentpreviews.com, which is a website. He's our movie critic, and his job, he specializes in reviewing movies and media from a parent's perspective, it's, you know, to make sure that these are the shows we want our children to be watching. Rod, welcome to the show, my friend. Hello. Good morning, Matt. Good. How you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. You got, you got, a, you got a lineup here, a couple movies, uh, one to review that's out in theaters, one that's on DVD, Take us to The Age of Adeline. The Age of Adeline, Matt. I, part of the reason I'm doing so well today is because I like this movie so much. 
Um, now, I need to tell listeners that you won't find this on our website quite yet. You will find some basic information about the content you can expect in this movie, but our screening wasn't until late last evening, hmm. so uh, we're still working on the review. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, but it's line, fresh in your mind. That's what's good. It's fresh in my mind because I really enjoyed this movie, Matt. Part of the reason I enjoyed it is, to me, it was it was a kind of a unique uh, romance romance that I had a little bit of a twist in it that I haven't really seen done before, and it's such a simple idea, and and maybe I just missed what other movies this is where they've used this similar concept. But this is a story about a woman who, in the uh, she's born at the turn of the 20th century, and shortly when she's about 29 years old, so I guess this would be in about the 1930s, she's in a car accident. And um, she is near death, and she's suffering from hypothermia because she's in the water. And this bolt of lightning hits her and manages to defibrillate or whatever that fancy medical word is and mm-hmm. gets her heart going again. And she comes back to life. But something, and what's kind of cool about this movie, I know nothing about biology, but they give some scientific explanation that I suspect is just a bunch of uh, mumbo-jumbo. But she comes back to life, and she doesn't realize it at the time, but as the years go by, she doesn't get any older. She's stuck at 29 years old. And she goes through the 1940s, the 1950s, wow. the 1960s, staying the same age. And, of course, at one period, um, there are FBI agents even looking for her because they're, they're discovering that, okay, there's something wrong with this woman. And so she's on the run most of her life. And part, and this is where the romance comes in, she never wants to commit to having a relationship yeah. with anybody because – of this situation, she just feels like she's a dangerous person. People are after her. And so she lives a very lonely existence. She has a daughter that she had because she um, she was married earlier in her life. And then her husband died and she had a daughter. And so now her daughter is aging. And some of the coolest scenes in the movie, Matt, that take place in the present day, her daughter is now an elderly woman. And uh, But, you know, they still have this mother-daughter relationship. So huh. um, it, it's, a, it's a very fascinating movie. Now, even better, there are two very mild profanities in this film. Uh, and, and there is really no violence except for the car accident, where you do the car accidents are, they'd be scary for children for sure, but they doubt children are going to be interested in this movie anyhow. But that's really all the violence that there is. There are a couple of sensual moments, but they're done very tastefully, sex is implied between her and, an un- and, and another man, and they are not married. Okay. So that loses a few points with us. But they are not descriptive sex scenes at all. It's kind of the, the polite fade to black sex, if you know what I mm-hmm. mean. And um, so content-wise, this is the type of movie that I think a lot of women would enjoy, taking their husbands out and having a date and going to the age of Adeline. It's, I found it to be quite a satisfying romance to watch. So you're saying it's better than uh, Paul, Bart, Paul Blart Mall Cop 2? <laughs> well, put it this way. It's, it is a very different audience yeah. that I think would enjoy this. And, and safe. You know, I mean, of- it's safe in a in a in a romantic yeah. relationship way. It's powerful. I was just watching the yeah. trailer as you were talking. By the way, you did yeah. a great you did a great play by play because I saw it all in the trailer. 
<laughs> That's good. That's good. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we had a Nicholas Sparks movie based on Nicholas Sparks novel, The Longest Ride. I was so disappointed in that one because I really do like a good romance. This one, in my opinion, stands heads and uh, head and tails above that. What grade yeah, did you give it, by the way? Well, it is, this one's going to be getting a B plus once our once our review once is up, up on the yeah, website, so it's going to get a B plus. Some interesting faces in here too. You'll see Harrison Ford yeah. in this movie and Ellen Burstyn playing his wife, and uh, Harrison just does a wonderful job in this film. And uh, so, yeah, there's some some good performances, and it's beautifully shot as they move through the different time frames the different periods that this movie covers it, it's a it's a wonderful movie to watch as well hmm. and you saw this last night and and then you have yeah. to think that through and remember are you writing this all down in the middle of this uh, <laughs> review yes i sit in a theater or we i should say depending on which one of our writers is doing this we sit and we take notes during the movie mm-hmm. and mainly the notes we are taking is to keep track of any content concerns that we see in the film but you know sometimes you'll jot down different plot points yeah. that you want to remember different ideas of how you want to structure the review and that type of thing as well fantastic so the age of adeline a b plus from uh rod and what about coming out on dvd what's anything exciting there well, the big one that's coming out on home video this week is Taken 3. And, of course, Taken 3, this is the franchise that Liam Neeson started mm-hmm. a few years back with the original Taken. The original Taken was a very exciting movie. It really was. It, definitely lots of violence in these films. It's a big issue. But it was an exciting movie to watch, and I understand what drew people to it. But, you know, this this franchise is getting to be a bit of a lame <laughs> duck. And by the time we get to Taken 3... All of these movies involve members of his family getting kidnapped by bad guys. And after a while, you think, come on, buddy. Come you know, on. Like, just move to the country and get a good alarm system or something. <laughs> and, you know, in this one, his, his wife gets kidnapped. And, uh, wow. and he's trying to figure out, you know, who has taken her. And the cops are convinced that he is probably the guy who they are convinced that he's the one who has taken her. Well, sure. Three kidnappings later. Yeah. Why would they not think that? So, yeah, yeah. So (laughs) they think that something is up with this. And I just found that this one, it really, it just seems like the premise is getting stretched to the point where, you know, this really isn't making a whole lot of sense anymore. And and again, a lot of violence in this film, uh, profanity as well. And uh, a little bit lighter on sexual content, but boy, there still is a lot of reasons why you probably would not want your kids watching this movie. And even for many adults, it's probably not going to. I was going to say it's not going to pass muster. Now, is that a Canadian term? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But we'll accept that. Okay, that's good. That is correct. So, yeah. What what about it's interesting as I'm looking at it too the Rotten Tomatoes, which is that that just tends to be the fans, right? The fans gave it ten percent. On Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, really? It's yeah, not liked at all. Checked. No, Rotten Tomatoes, actually, that is a meta-analysis of all the different film critics. Oh, is it really? To Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Yes, yes. And, like, for instance, if you look at Paul Blart Malkop, uh, it's up to 4% today. <laughs> I think there are now two reviewers who have actually said something nice about it. But, yeah, Taken 3, I'm just looking 9%. Yeah. And, yeah, that, and that the, means... Now, see, if you look at Rotten Tomatoes, if you go on the Taken 3 page... 
the audience score is 47. Uh So more people in the audience liked it than the critics did. But even then, 47% is not very strong for audiences either. And Liam has a big audience following. There are a lot of people that would come out to watch Liam read a phone book. (laughs) And so, you know, he is one of those faces that there are a lot of Liam Neeson fans who will support the movie just because he's in it. What grade did you give uh, Taken 3? Taken 3, we gave a C-, minus. so not C-. recommending it, definitely not for family viewing. I mean, if you really love Liam Neeson and you just can't miss one of his films, you're probably going to watch it no matter what I tell you. But it really is disappointing. Uh, it it sh- certainly wasn't worth the price of admission at the theater. Oh. Uh, and maybe maybe wait for this one on Netflix. Well, and just <laughs> let me... If you let, really want to see it. Let me add this little critique. As a marriage counselor, coach, uh, I wouldn't take my wife to it either because yeah, she got yeah. kidnapped. <laughs> And then he got blamed. It's going to start a fight. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yes, definitely. I can see on the drive home your wife turning to you saying, would you ever have me kidnapped and then would you? <laughs> Let's not go there, honey. Well, that's yeah, great, no, Rod. I, mean, I appreciate yeah. your work. And it really um, – two good – two. I mean one good choice, at least Age of Adeline. It's out in the theaters now and, and that was pegged at a B plus. So, I mean something's yeah. out there. You've got something to do this yeah. weekend. If you're looking for a nice romance, that is definitely – take your wife out on a date. Surprise. That's the take one. Her to a, take her to a chick flick. And by the way, next week, big one releasing. We'll have the Avengers uh, Age of Ultron, hopefully, Ugh. next week for you. And that that's really what's going to send off the summer movie season. Okay. I can hardly wait because the guys in my studio won't quit talking about it. So that, that'll be a good stuff. <laughs> yes. Well, we appreciate you. Rod Rod Gustafson, again, go check out the website, parentpreviews.com. Just great uh, tips for parents and the media choices for their children. Again, you have to make the choice, but they'll they'll give you the review. We're going to take a break, my friends. Come back, uh, do some news. This is the last, uh, coming up, it's the last hour of the Matt Townsend Show of the Week. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Good morning, friends. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program where we give you the tools, the ideas, the insight, the leg up on life. Our goal to help you create a better life for yourself, with your family. We won't tell you how to do it. We'll just, you know, throw out ideas, give you some of the latest research. Welcome to the program. Man, today we're going to be talking about Facebook and depression. Apparently, a, a recent study that came out does once again link Facebook to depression. First it does, then it doesn't, then it does, but then it does to envy. Envy goes up when you watch, look at Facebook. It's like eggs. They're healthy, they're not healthy. It changes. Eggs? You know, cholesterol is good for you. Sometimes oh, yeah. it's not. It yeah. just depends. That's true. But by the way, whether healthy or not, always yummy. Absolutely. A little cheese on those bad boys. Incredibly edible. The incredibly edible egg. This hour brought to you by the incredibly edible egg. Eggs. Moving on. <laughs> it does a body good. Oh, that's milk. Okay, so um, here's the deal. Graduated daughter, done. Son-in-law, graduated, done. Five more to go. By the way, we also learned by educating your kids, 
and education over years has improved our IQ system. Do you consider your son-in-law one of your kids? Yes. Okay. Fully. I also expect that when things go bad and mommy and daddy need a place to live, yes. they'll be fine with us living with them. All right. Or when they put you in a home that it's a nice one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. That's, I'm okay that's why, that's why when they're adults, you have to be nice to your kids. They may have a say in your future. That's right. Unless it's in your – I'm going to put everything in my will. Oh, well, I've if you already do that. planned my funeral. Right. If you can hold that over your head, you might still have some power – Later on down the line yeah. where, where they want to respect you and, yeah. you know, stay on your nice side. Every time like I hear a song that I really like, I'm like, hey, I want that at my funeral. And I've done this now for 24 years. And so here's the deal. My funeral will probably be a half a day. Wow. I know. Quite the playlist. 12 hours. <laughs> on and, repeat? And, and bagpipes. There will be bagpipes. Of course. I want Irish dancers. Mm-hmm. I River want dance? Les Mis. Okay. I want them no. to sing two or three songs no. from Les Mis. You don't want that, no. Because that's cultured. We're trying to no. teach you that. We'll have to have a discussion. You could day. have Avengers. They could They could show Avengers like right by your casket. Just Might as well. A, a clip. I want people to be entertained. <laughs> you could have an Iron Man casket. That would be cool. By the way, I, I want also in my casket. I don't know why we're talking about this, but I want. I don't want. I want to be. I don't want to be horizontal. I want my casket up vertical. <laughs> Like so I want to be like there. an eye height, nice know, eye to eye level. Yeah, is that creepy, James? Well, and you could like pose your body too, like yeah. doing some, uh-huh. yeah, or like this. The typical speakers pose are like two people shooting guns. Hey, <laughs> I right. love that. I think that's cool. Yeah, sure. I Just mean, it's my it's my out. death. It's my it's your choice. Yeah, get off my back. I can have anything I want. Yeah, I mean, I'm the one that died. Right, it's your day. Yeah, you want to plan your day, you die. Yeah, you go ahead and die if you want to make your choices that way. It's going to be great. Yeah. No. Good times. <laughs> we'll see what they do. So uh, any headlines? Today is National Pigs in a Blanket Day. Oh, yes. So go ahead and cook yourself up some of that. That's a piece of heaven right there. The 25th on Saturday. Since we're not going to be here, I thought I'd share. What is that? It's National Hug a Plumber Day. Oh, that's so plumber serving. So, uh, yeah, hug a plumber. If you know one, if you have one close to you, give them a hug. You know what? I think it shouldn't be called Hug a Plumber. It should be Give a Plumber Some Suspenders Day. <laughs> Sunday is National Pretzel Day. Mm. So plan your weekend accordingly. Plumbers, pretzels, and pigs in a blanket. Pigs in a blanket. That's a great weekend. It's a full weekend. Like seriously. You ever heard of the paleo diet? Yes. Do you know what it is? Uh, don't you, you only eat paleos. No. It's, it's, it's something, everything white. No. I don't know what diet that is, but <laughs> we're doing diets by color. It's uh, <laughs> it's the paleo diet. Only brown food today. It's uh, fats and kale. You well, proteins and kale. Apparently, Jeb Bush is on the paleo diet. Okay, talk to Friends us. Friends of GOP presidential candidate says he's lost 30 pounds since December. Wow. The likely candidate. He hasn't yeah, declared yet. He has yet. not yet declared. Let's not jump the gun there. But he is on the paleo diet. This is from the diet. New York Times today. He goes, so what's the secret? The so-called caveman diet requires you to eat as early humans did during the paleoethic era, or paleolithic okay. era, excuse okay. me, which means no grains, mm. no legumes, no dairy or anything processed, leaving Bush with a light menu of meats, seafood, fresh fruits and vegetables, eggs, nuts, and some oils. Really, the diet wouldn't be so difficult 
if the former governor weren't on the not-quite-but-almost campaign trail or politicians are expect to roll up their sleeves, grab a seat in the local eatery, and dig into a hearty yeah. meal prepared by How, the people. How's he going to get elected? He's not know. a caveman. He's not running in the caveman it, days. It is kind of difficult to – I mean you can plan your life around this, but when you start trying to interact with the rest of society mm-hmm. and the way a candidate has to, sure. it is difficult to stay on this diet. So – I've tried this diet for a week. How'd it work? Very, very difficult. I find it to be an extreme diet. Yeah. And I, I, I had to back off a little bit and try something different. <laughs> what diet did you try? Uh, it's kind of a hybrid of multiple different ideals and different disciplines. So you tried the Jurassic diet. It's the, uh, it's the, the Terry diet. Oh. I made up my own. Sounds, and it worked. Sounds good. Yeah, look at you. Now you have uh, a couple different stories to pick from here. Okay. Because we have our friends coming up. Yeah. At the end of the show, Sports Nation, you like to share with them mm-hmm. an odd story. Not odd. I just like to educate them. The University of Nebraska Omaha is about to open an $81 million arena for its basketball, hockey, and volleyball teams. Okay. Wow. Okay. The most important news from the announcement is that a local restaurant, Voodoo Taco, is going to use a taco shooting gun at sporting events. So think T-shirt <laughs> cannon. But firing tacos. Okay, so when you think about this, let's say taco, mmm, good. Taco at 50 miles an hour? They're soft shell tacos. Okay, so you just get slapped in the face. <laughs> they're covered, they're in like paper or the little like metal or tinfoil type wrapping. Okay. So they're contained. And it, it, you'd think a burrito would work better in a t-shirt cannon because oh, yeah. the t-shirts are all wadded up in a, in a ball. That sounds really good. So too. if you launch a burrito, but they've tested it and they've, 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 they've tinkered with it so it doesn't destroy the, mm-hmm. the food, but they say they can launch a, a taco with the uh, $1,500 t-shirt cannon that they've altered Fantastic. for the taco into the upper reaches of the stadium. Well, what's the difference between a soft, sh- a soft shell taco and a burrito? Exactly. Well, and at 50 miles an hour. Yeah. It's going to feel like a brick. I, but see, I, if, if you're going to hit, be hit by something, you'd want it to have the word soft in it. Of course. So I guess the question is, is there a better food to be shot at you? Why are we shooting food? Why not? Oh, the salad shooter started that. So why are we – maybe we just – but you know what? If the guy opened his mouth yes. and you could shoot it into someone's mouth, let's make a deal. If the guy catches the burrito in his mouth, he wins free tickets to the – is it ice hockey? What Hawk, is this? It's hockey, basketball. Hockey. Yeah. So it's, it's a multi-use facility. He has a year, a year free seats and everything that goes on in the arena. So you can share that story. Okay. Or What's an Indiana one? woman went to Los Angeles mm. for brain surgery. Ooh. She got some incredible news when she woke up. Doctors thought it was a tumor. It's actually called a teratoma. Her embryonic twin, complete with bone, hair, and teeth, was in her brain. Was in her brain. She's relieved that after months of having difficulty reading, listening, and even following the conversation, she'll soon be able to function properly again. She called it her evil sister, her evil twin. I don't know what it is. It was in her head. I can't get my twin out of my head. So it happens. There, there's, oh, there, that is there's two. There's two embryos. One takes over no, the no, other. No, yeah, yeah, totally. You'll hear about it. Like they'll totally. have like a, a, yeah. a stomach pain, and they'll find this. It was in her brain. The doctor they interviewed, he said it was the second instance of this happening in his career. He's, he says he's removed like 7,000 tumors. This is the second one he's found. But you know what is so cool about that story? For the rest of her life, she will be able to one-up anybody oh, yeah. in any story 
ever. No one can top her story. You won't believe what they found in my tumor. It was in my brain. (laughs) They found my sister. Oh, that is so bad. Oh, it is. Mm. And this is good news, though, because if you think out there in listener land that you have it bad, you could find out. James hasn't said a word. You could find out that you had a twin that you didn't know about. Right. And my long lost sister. She's been with you the whole time. In my brain. Yeah, right, James. (laughs) You're speechless. That's awful. Yes. Awful in which way? That, Uh, That you had a twin you didn't know about? Or that. It was in your brain. With teeth and hair. Yeah, but – I mean, interestingly, with teeth meant it had to have kind of grown with you. A yeah. little bit. It was yeah. growing in you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, take your pick. Do you want a taco cannon? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> or, or do you want – No, for sure. This isn't even <laughs> hard. We're going with taco cannon. I just love that story. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. That was awesome. Yeah, we lost about 12,000 listeners right then. (laughs) They're like, I wonder if that's why I've got that headache. (sighs) Man, I hope our guest wasn't listening to that. Our next guest, my friend, is uh, Patrick Ferrucci. And Patrick is a professor in the Department of Communication at Bradley University in Peoria, Illinois. He's done a study on Facebook, and, you know, it's fun, it's relaxing, it's harmless, except, did you know, it might have a little negative effect. It might uh, lead to depression in some people. We'll be talking about that, how to make sure that uh, your Facebook page doesn't depress you, up next right here on The Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Now, you know Facebook. Come on. You've been using it forever. You love it to keep in touch with family and friends and coworkers. Maybe share some of your, you know, greatest life's moments. You know, it's just, you know, hey, I went to Cancun. Now, here's the deal. Did you know that it might also be impacting your mental health? Uh, Because folks... Apparently it is, according to the research of Dr. Patrick Ferrucci. He's a professor in the Department of Communications at Bradley University in Peoria, Illinois. And he says that while Facebook can be fun, relaxing, and completely harmless uh, way to communicate with the social circle and also become informed, it can have some negative effects. Dr. Ferrucci, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is interesting research. Now, it seems like over the years we keep hearing it does impact uh, our mental health. It makes us more depressed. Uh, Others say then it doesn't. Then we find out in this study it does. We also heard about envy, all of these different things. What's what's the answer? Well, what we found was a combination of kind of all those things. You know, we did – what we found was that Facebook itself might not lead to depression. But certain types of usage of Facebook could cause a lot of envy, Hmm. which then would cause depression. Okay, interesting. So that's kind of a mix, really, of both. Then it's the envy drives depression because I guess you're seeing where you are relative to everyone else. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, what we found when was that 
people who use Facebook to communicate with friends, to you know, keep their keep in touch with their social circle, mm-hmm. really very very few negative effects whatsoever. What ha- the people who are most um, at risk of having negative effects of Facebook use are the people that go on there for more surveillance use. So looking at pictures, seeing what their friends are doing without really communicating, or seeing what their circle that really aren't even personal friends, more like uh. digital acquaintances or something. Those kinds of things, seeing everybody having fun, you mentioned going to Cancun or whatever, seeing all these photos makes you think that my life's not as good as theirs, which can lead to strong feelings of envy. And the more you continue this, the more likely that envy is going to turn into depression. Oh, interesting. So it's got, we call it in my world, we call it creepers, right? So when you're out yeah, creeping exactly. and just, but now what I wonder about this is uh, which came first, kind of a depressive uh, kind of maybe, I don't know, melancholy, a person that's just a little down anyway that goes creeping and then that just manifests as depressed or you know, are you just the average dude creeping and then all of a sudden you get envy and then you get depressed? Well, I mean, you know, some of those things are almost impossible to pinpoint in this kind of research, but I think your first kind of uh, example of a person is probably the one who's more likely. Huh. My guess is maybe they're not already depressed or something, but the kind of person that uh, what we found talking to people is that the people who do do more surveillance are already kind of, you know, more likely to get depressed regardless. Yeah. So I, I think what we're seeing is Facebook or social networks in general provide this kind of vehicle for uh, – it allows us to amplify those feelings mm-hmm. in a way that wouldn't have been available to us pre-social networking, I think. So it's just kind of – yeah, you wouldn't have had the ability to see – all of your these girlfriends from the sorority from 15 years ago and how they all have boats and trips to Cancun. But yeah, it, but, I mean, so, think about it like, uh, you know, there are going to be certain people who are predisposed to becoming alcoholics or something, but until there's alcohol sold at every store, they might not be able to become an alcoholic so easily. Mm-hmm. You know? Do you sense that this is the same kind of uh, thing that you would see on Twitter, on Instagram, is it well, is it the same impact? Because you chose Facebook. Yeah, well, you know, we chose Facebook primarily because it's the most used at the time, especially when we did the research mm-hmm. uh, by far. Uh, Twitter, I, I wonder about. I'm not really sure. What is fascinating and what I think, whether it's us as a group doing this experiment again or somebody else jumping on, I think Instagram is going to be, mm. we, you'd find this even worse than Facebook. Because when you think about the behaviors that we're talking about in the paper, the, the things that people were doing that would specifically lead yeah. to depression, seeing photos, seeing pictures of like these ideal lives that, you know, I don't really have or something that's going to be on Instagram so much more. I would imagine it would even amplify our findings. No, I, I don't, I totally think, and especially because there's not as much description. So it leaves you with so much more to, you know, build it into. Exactly. Uh, you know what I mean? It's because exactly. like in, on a Facebook page, you might see three or four pictures from the thing, but you might also have a little description or I don't know. Yeah. I, it's interesting yeah. too. Another one that's, that I've never really understood is Pinterest because Pinterest seems like 
you know, the hope wall, everything I'd like to do someday. <laughs> and it seems like that might even be fairly depressing for some as well. But I guess I wouldn't be looking at everyone else's. Well, maybe yeah, I would. I, I, yeah, I think Pinterest is, is like uh, the most perfect form of like generating people <laughs> buying stuff. You yeah, know? exactly. It's, uh, it's like know. the consumer model. It's the consumer yeah. social media model. It's um, it, it's an interesting thing about Facebook, it, and you chose Facebook just simply because it was the largest. And when you saw when you started out, were you specifically looking for depression? Is that what your goal was, or and and or how did envy come in? Were you also looking okay. for envy? We were doing a couple different things. So this study that we did actually turned into two separate papers. One of which is the one we're talking about, and one of which was also looking at whether uh, the types of television people watched affected their behavior on Facebook. Hmm. Um, but for this specific thing, yeah, we there was no studies out there that we could find. I, I still think there aren't any that directly connects Facebook to depression. But there were a handful of studies that connected Facebook to envy. And so we knew we were going to be, and this is key, I think, to what we did, we knew we were going to be surveying college students. And so college students in general have the highest risk of depression amongst any demographic. Hmm. And, and so we said, okay, let's see if we can connect this to depression. So we took popular scales, you know, people that had, you know, reliable metrics that we could find that people used before to show this stuff. And, but we didn't know... We wanted to also see, since there's only this handful of studies that have found envy, it's important for the field in general to replicate those and see if we also found that, to see if this is actually something that consistently happens. Yeah. And so we did both, and what we, and that was important. <laughs> we yeah. had, you know, it was good that we made that decision, because like I said, we didn't find this direct connection between Facebook use and depression. We found it that connection happened only when envy mediated it, the relationship. So interesting. So when envy, the people that had, that, that were looking at Facebook were more depressed, but those that were looking at Facebook and had envy, they had more depression. They were the ones, yes. Yeah. They were, what we found was those people got on there, developed <laughs> strong feelings of envy, and the longer they, the more time they spent doing the surveillance and uh, amplifying their envy, they were the most likely and likely developed depression that's oh, it's, it really is an interesting study i'm thinking i mean it, too it's it's not just about this isn't about facebook this is really more about if people use this surveillance technique that's probably going to induce more envy and then thus more depression it, so just kind of the the constant looking eavesdropping going into people that you don't even know but you kind of know acquaintances and spending a lot of time in their Facebook page, that's, that's a problem. Yeah, I think it's exactly the key. Like, think about pre-social networking, right? So we, our network of people are more people that we know well. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you go over their house and they show you a photo book of their last, um, you know, vacation or something. But you know these people. Yeah. And so you know the context and yeah. you know that their lives aren't perfect. You know they They're, just got in a fight at the barbecue. Yeah. Exactly. And so... With Facebook, our networks become much bigger, filled with people that we don't know nearly as well. We're only seeing these photos. People are 
in an online world, unlike the real life, people can carefully craft their identity. You know, I'm not going to put this photo up of me crying because I'm sad. I'm going to put this photo up of me smiling on vacation mm-hmm. or whatever. And so you keep, you're seeing consistently positive messages, and you know that your life isn't consistently positive. And I think this is especially important when we're talking about college students who might not have the life experiences to know that everybody's got problems or yeah. something, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Let's take a break. Uh, this is just such an interesting thing. When we come back, I want to know from Dr. Uh, Patrick Ferrucci what we should be, what else we could do. I mean, there's healthy ways to use social media, and there's probably healthier things to do than than just stalking and uh, creeping on others. And apparently, especially for college students, that's an interesting little data point, too, that they're more prone to depression anyway. Uh, interesting discussion. We'll take a break, my friends. Come back more with Dr. Patrick Ferrucci right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Uh, joining us is Patrick Ferrucci. He is a professor in Department of Communications at Bradley University in Peoria, Illinois, and has uh, basically produced some research on Facebook. And it may, certain types of usage of Facebook may lead to depression. Um, and it's not just, you know, it's not just looking at pictures it's it's this kind of uh he calls it surveying survey surveillance method and what it is is when you kind of go i call it creeping but it's just you're starting to go and look into people's pictures stuff maybe not best friends that you know really well but kind of next generation other friends friends of friends people you may know of maybe people you're a little have some issues with and you're going to go deeply dive into their pictures and overall he's found that that tends to increase envy uh, maybe some jealousy, and also that might lead to depression as well. Are we are we on the right track here, Doctor Ferrucci? Yeah, that was a pretty good summary, and I especially like the term "creeper." <laughs> <laughs> it really is the word. I love it. That's yeah. what, and by the way, not to brag, but my daughter found her husband creeping. So um, it's not you know it works for some. Um, yes, and then others get arrested, but that's okay. So talk to me about um, what. What are the healthier things that we should be using that fa- for using Facebook for? How should we approach Facebook if we want to be healthier? And and maybe too, what should parents be teaching their college students about Facebook and a healthier use? Yeah, I think I mean twofold. I think they're both big issues. I think Facebook can have lots of positives, just like any kind of technology or system of communication. Lots of positive effects. Right. You know, we can. Um, communicate with our friends and acquaintances in a way that's so much easier and direct than we would have had 20 years ago or so. And that's, that's a really good thing. And yeah. we, we see, you know, studies have shown, you know, if you're, um, well, we found when, even in this study, that when we control for envy, so when we take out the people who got envy, Facebook actually had a very positive effect on, um, uh, mental health and uh, happiness, those really? kinds of things. So for people who use it correctly, it can be very positive. Um, I think that the second part of that is the most important part, and that's when we're talking about 
you know, college students or even younger students, it's really important for parents to explain that, well, you know, Facebook, again, is a good way to communicate with your friends. It's also kind of misleading in a lot of ways. You know, it, I think it's best to talk about, like, how they post. You know, if you're po- you would only post positive things normally about yourself. Right. So that's what other people are also doing, and you have to take that into account. You can't become jealous or think that somebody's life is better than yours or whatever just because of a social media tool, you mm-hmm. know? And so I think it's really posi- It's a really important thing to help students, uh, again, especially younger students, um, understand what they're seeing. Yeah, what's realistic, what's not, right? Exactly. I- I've heard that um, one of the benefits... Uh, well, one, okay, I've just done this forever, but I remember a lot of these studies. One study talked about if you have too many Facebook friends, it might inc- it might put too many people that you don't necessarily know closely into your feed, so that might be sending more messages to you. So you, there, yep. you know, there used to be like an ideal number, and I can't remember it was three hundred or less or whatever. Um, do you still buy into that idea? Well, there's a really I'm going to mess up where it came from, but I think it was Michigan State uh-huh. researchers at a Michigan State University did some really interesting study where they found, and it was kind of the genesis of and the catalyst for kind of some of this stuff that we've been doing, um, they found that people who have large networks of Facebook friends who they don't, who they've never actually met in person, have lived more of their real life online in a negative way. So, for example... If the more friends you have on Facebook who you don't know, uh-huh. the more likely you are to act inappropriately on Facebook. Oh, really? Um, in terms of, uh, we call it in, in research, we call it problematic profile information. So things that are, you know, personal, yeah. uh, whether they're, you know, photos of drinking or, you know, behaviors that, especially for younger people, should not, you know, and college students shouldn't be on there. Yeah, you don't want to be posting that. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so we found that those kind of, or not we, other people have found that those kind of negative behaviors are far more likely with people who have larger networks of people they don't know. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, that to me... You know, that's smart. And then we teach our kids that, you know, be because there isn't there's no way this isn't impacting them. And there also is a point probably of too much where your life becomes too obsessed with it. Uh, but I too, I guess the other thing we should be teaching is about the envy. I mean, if if somebody is already kind of a little depressive anyway, and I guess we just need to help our kids understand who they are. Yeah, and, and that's key. I mean, and, and there's two parts to it. I, I think the first thing is that we have to remember that, you know, just like in anything, some people could creep as much as they want on Facebook and yeah. it's not going to have an effect because right. that's just not part of their personality. But the people who are, the people that are more prone to emotion, you know, more emotional, more emotional swings, uh, more prone to sadness, they, and, and you can tell, you know, uh, I think with people early, yeah. these kinds of things. And, and we have to be incredibly careful because envy can come, according to our study and according to these other Facebook envy studies, 
and he can come really quickly yeah. from using Facebook for surveillance purposes. I mean, it, 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 it's so interesting because just saying that, it's, you know, it sounds like we're with the NSA or something. But, <laughs> but the reality, I mean, it makes you wonder, all those guys at the NSA that are listening in on all their conversations, is it impacting their envy and their, and their self-esteem? Um, <laughs> go study that. Go study that. Well, I, I appreciate it. I really do. And I, I interestingly, next week I'm giving just a little talk uh, here on campus to parents about uh, social media and their and their young adults. And uh, this is going to be a part of the research. So you saved my life. You saved All my right. life. Dr. Patrick Ferrucci, we appreciate you. Keep up the great work. And when you find out more, uh, let us know. We'd love to have you on again. Again, Dr. Patrick Ferrucci is a professor and uh, at, uh, where was it? Where did it go? Oh, Bradley University in Peoria, Illinois. Such interesting research. And again, folks, Facebook, not bad, but our use of it. And, and we need to understand who we are and how we are impacted personally. Sometimes our young adults don't have that feedback. They don't have that self-awareness yet. So we want to make sure as parents we're providing that Good stuff. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to be talking to the guys down in Studio B, BYU Sports Nation, Spencer, and I think Jerem might be back. Oh, he's probably out of town again. We'll find out who will be with Spencer up next right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're trying to rock on. What's this called, James? It's called Ghosts and Stuff. Ghosts and Stuff. We're going to now shoot uh, it down to Studio B with Spencer Linton and Brian Logan uh, filling in for Jerem Jordan today. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, Matthew. Hello. Cheerio. <laughs> Here's the deal. <laughs> a good one? <laughs> hey, Brian, did you know yes. that? Uh, did you know that Spencer's sick? I did know that. I heard his uh, frog in his in his voice. Whatever. I sound awesome. <laughs> Is that you, Spencer? Stop it. Hey, here's the deal, though, Brian. Uh, I told this to Michael yesterday, but obviously he got sick, too. Um, Jerem's obviously sick. So, Brian, uh, wear your mask, my friend. I'm, I'm good to go. Did you bring um, your shredder mask? I always <laughs> laugh at those. I was like, the shredder. The shredder. Yeah, I'm, I'm good to go. My immune system is pretty good. Those I take... Uh, airborne, uh, that'll help. So that's, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good. So I'm, I'm, I'm that's, you know, you they can see, always count on me. But just so you know, Brian, that's what the other two said. <laughs> Very strong, you know, virile, athletic young men, and gone, gone. Nice use of the word virile, athletic young men. <laughs> I wouldn't know about Jerem and the athletic part, but oh uh, yeah, my Michael, heavens, yeah. oh hey. Brian, <laughs> hey, did you see my, uh, did you see my Taysom leap yesterday on Twitter, Matt? No. You need to take a look. I'm I'm really so busy down here sleeping that uh, I can't do that. But I'll, I'll go take it. What was your leap? It was we're we're starting a new thing. It's called Taysoming. You know the Tebowing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had our conversation yesterday about Tim Tebow versus Taysom Hill. Yeah. Well, what did we decide? Uh, the consensus of BYU fans, no surprise, <laughs> is that Taysom Hill will have a better better career than NFL Tim Tebow. career, not yeah. off the field, because yeah. Tim Tebow wins at life off the oh, field. He's amazing. Yeah, you're not going to top him off the field. Mm-mm, nope. But on the field, everybody thinks Taysom's a better athlete and more open to mm. 
perhaps playing safety or running back or a slot receiver, if not quarterback. Like He just has more options yeah. to use his athleticism. Touch them all. He can do it better all. Better runner, better passer. So, so people think he's going to have a better NFL career. So Taysom has a leap, and you mimicked it. You remember the Texas game, right? Yeah, yeah. I know Brian does because Brian sprinted up and down the hall like five times. I was sitting <laughs> next to him watching the game. <laughs> it's yeah, all that. Yeah, I remember yeah. that when we, uh, I, you know, with you and Jeremy, and I spilled all my gummy worms and sugar was flying. David everywhere. Nixon was there. <laughs> yeah, David was there, and we were. I was jumping up and down. Running. Brian was Man, on I'm a sugar high. Hamstring. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've had kids do that. Where you give them too it much sugar, so and they're running funny. around. Seriously, that's one. Like that was kid. probably my favorite memory from the entire 2014 season is watching. Taysom make that leap, and then Brian run up and down the halls of BYU Broadcasting, <laughs> so cool. sprinting. It was That's awesome. Cool. That's awesome. Anyway, so I did the Taysman leap, the Taysom <laughs> the, leap, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Did you and, pull uh, anything? And we recorded. I was doing it over Michael Elisa oh. as he was Tebowing. Oh, is that is that? Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Did you land on him? Is that why he's not here today? I'm telling you, you need to watch it. Okay. You're going to be surprised. Okay. You know, I'm watching it right now. He's in the position. You go up. You pull a hammy? No. <laughs> you oh, oh, that's a great move. Dude, yeah. you had some you got your knees like over your shoulders. Yeah, that was awesome, huh? Yeah. <laughs> how, I want to know how low was was Michael. He was not yeah. low. You can he's I, not doing anything. Maybe weird. I should look at this. I just you haven't seen yeah. it? You no, need to I see it. Brian, you need to see this. Ha- you, I just want to make we sure. We also need to check. Was that in slow motion or do you run that slow? Uh, that was According oh, to his 40 wow. time. Are you, wow. Is that what you're referencing? That was yes, in real exactly. time. Here you go. Here you go, Brian. Right, Brian's, Brian's watching okay, it right he, now. Yep, he's on his – He seems to be about his, the height, you know, huh? normal. He's not yeah. trying to help yeah. out. Yeah, okay. Here goes all. Spencer. There it is. There it then is. he's jumping oh, up. What <gasps> up. You have a football oh, here. Oh, what is oh, up? Oh, yeah. oh, hold on. I got to throw a flag on this. Uh, yeah. 15-yard penalty for not jumping over him directly. It looks like you were jumping over the side of him. I he think, wasn't jumping over the side of it. Hey, the side. Can I just point something out? Let's not leave Michael out of this discussion. He okay. held steady for oh, what he, took you, I don't know, six seconds to he run. He had absolute faith in my ability totally to leap did. over him. You did great. Thank you. Dude, hey, I got I'm questioning that. Whatever, <laughs> it looks like Brian. you looks like you jumped on like on the side and not he fully jumped, over. He jumped over his back and his elbow. That's, Maybe next time you do it, you should bring like a Sharpie and then when you jump over, like just mark his back. I'm to not gonna fully jump. Over Brian, his that is a great head. point, Why Brian. Not? We're gonna ha- we're gonna send that to the booth and let yes. the booth uh, look that over and see if you actually did jump over Michael Elisa or if you just kind of jumped over his I guess it was his fe- his hand. Like his, like his, his foot. His hand. Oh, his, the back oh was of it his backwards foot. his foot? Yeah. And oh like my. the side, like the back of his Whatever. back. Yeah. His, Whatever. Do you even have a back of your back? His tenny runners. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. I understand. Hey, I, hey, hey, guys, here's something. Here's, so good to have you. Here's something that I think you guys need to have on your set because uh, okay. I think it'll, it'll make a difference. The University of Nebraska Omaha is about to open an $81 million arena for basketball, hockey, volleyball teams. But what they're going to do. They, are, they have a local restaurant called Voodoo Taco, and it's going to use a taco shooting gun. Oh, yeah, I saw this. Voodoo Tacos. I saw it. And so you can now have a taco shot out of a cannon, like a T-shirt <laughs> cannon, and you can have a taco delivered to you you know, at the highest level of the arena at 50 miles an hour. Love it. What? Does, Love this, does this sound like a good idea? I think somebody can get hurt. I mean, it's all fun and games till you lose an eye. In a taco accident. That's what I mean. Yeah, if you like lettuce or cheese, fly, some meat uh, comes flying out. I mean, oh, stop! It's, it's going to be wrapped up all neat. How do you think they're going to get the thing into the can? It's got to be have to like, be like crushed, right? How do you? How can you? It's going to be. A, it's going to be. It's going to be impactful. That's that's what why calling. it's awesome. It's gonna that is why it's pieces. awesome. I think it should be a burrito. I think so too. 
Mm. I'm the down burrito, burrito gun. Burrito gun's way. It's a lot more sure. It just sounds better. Like oh, burrito. This it is a delicious burrito, but I am so full. So, <laughs> <laughs> don't you think? I think the rule should be if they don't catch the burrito in their mouth at fifty miles an hour, they don't get to keep it. Have you seen that? Speaking of, have you seen that? Uh, I know you've seen Happy Gilmore, Matt. Yeah, I'll for sure. Oh, yeah. When he does the subway commercial and he tees it up and he, he swings his driver and hits it and, and it lands right in the guy's mouth. <laughs> I, I, That's what I've envisioned you know what? the burrito game. You know what? Spencer, when I saw Happy Gilmore, I forgot about it. <laughs> you remembered it. Come on, man. Oh, dude, that's Come on. A classic, classic It's because you're movie. sick. You were home watching it sick. What's yeah. going gonna to be on your show today? Hey, so we have an interesting topic, as we always do. Of always, yeah. In that, Bronco Mendenhall is taking over the BYU defense once again. Right. Correct? Yeah. So BYU football just released their post-spring camp depth chart. We're asking everybody out there, how concerned are you about the BYU defense facing the hardest schedule in BYU football history, but Bronco taking back over? We're going to examine what happened immediately after Bronco took over the defense in 2010 and use that as a gauge there to you go. to 2015. Is it going to be good news just from I'm, what you've I'm researched? I'm not going to tell you. Oh, man. I'm not See, going to tell you. That's called a tease. You've just Absolutely. teased us. That's Absolutely. brilliant. Also, we have Reno Mahe, former uh-huh. BYU All-American NFL player uh, in studio with us. He is graduating today. He will be in cap and gown walking in Studio B. Oh, that's cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. 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 Hey, why don't you do the Heisman or the, the, do the leap over him? Over Reno, uh-huh. it'd be easier than doing it over six foot two Michael Elisa. <laughs> well, I know, except yeah, I'm yeah, not maybe, sure. Maybe he'll actually go over him the top. Oh, this time. see, look at you that, Brian. Maybe easier. I should do it over five six Brian Logan. <gasps> yeah, no, that doesn't count. Okay, but I could do. <laughs> That's it a throwdown right there. I could Brian. do it. I could do it over Michael Elisa, and I'm you know I'm five. Six, I just did it know? over Michael Elisa. There's no hey, you guys. Stop side. fighting, or I'm gonna have to come down there. and We're gonna Fine. have an intervention. <laughs> Fine. I love okay. Brian. I really do. I know. This, Brian's the stud. This is like brothers fighting. Brother. Brian, once again, watch your health, brother. He's gone through two other people. You've got to just take care of yourself. I need my yourself. banana now. I need my banana to get healthy. I'm, I'm good. Watch I'm good. out for him. protein shakes this morning. I'm good to go. Actually, I did have Carl's Jr., which might offset <laughs> my good vitamins that I, that That's I right. had. That sounds good. I might hey, go, go eat another fat burg, Matt. I will. <laughs> I will. Don't bring that up. Don't bring that up. But I, I'm going to come shoot a taco at you. Okay. Take care, gentlemen. All right. Have a good right, show, my friends. Fatberg. He brought up the Fatberg again. See, that's going to go down in history. One of the great topics of all time. Fatberg. The lasting effect of the, the disgusting sewers of London. Yeah. It's gross. It's not an iceberg. No, it's a Fatberg. It's a Fatberg. Cooking oil and, as I said, unflushable items. That's and sad. this just in, the booth has confirmed that he did, in fact, not jump over. <gasps> Ooh. Yeah. After the he, booth. He'd need to go over his shoulders and he goes over his Sort of the lower back, mm-hmm. foot area, yeah, 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 and it, yeah. do, it doesn't qualify. Anybody to go over go, the shoulders. Okay. Oh, that's great. Somebody needs to update update them, according to the booth. Um, as you know, on the show, we like to always uh, highlight a hero to make sure that we're all seeing that there is good in the world. And our hero of the day today is Kylie – I guess it's Kylie Schwartz, elementary school teacher at Dual Elementary in Denver. Here's the story, okay, that makes a difference. Kylie is, was a young new teacher who's struggling to connect with her students and knowing what their needs were in their lives. Uh, the school that she teaches in is in Denver and has a student body that is about 90% Hispanic 
About 75% of those students qualify for free lunches or reduced lunches. And knowing that her students were in need of help but not sure how to help them, Ms. Schwartz uh, began a new school project. She titled it, I Wish My Teacher Knew. And she asked the students to write either anonymously or not, it's up to them, something that they wish that their teacher knew um, about them. And then she would, throughout the day, share some of these uh, I wish my teacher knew moments with her students, and they were always okay to share. Um, then what happened was this. It was pretty overwhelming. She said the students were opening up, and she was finally better able to understand what was going on in their lives. One student wrote, I wish my teacher knew that I don't have money to buy pencils at home to do my homework. Another wrote, I wish my teacher knew how much I miss my dad because he got deported when I was three. One by one, she said, she began uh, learning and understanding her kids better. She also started tweeting pictures of her students' responses with the hashtag, I wish my teacher knew, in order to spread awareness about the project. Anyway, over time, uh, she got to understand her kids. But also, the kids got to understand each other and what's going on. And if I'm a betting man, it not only helped them academically, but it helped them socially, probably increased charity uh, to each other. And um, Kylie Schwartz now encourages all teachers to initiate this project in their own classrooms, knowing that they will learn a lot and gain a better understanding of how to help their students. So if any of you are on Twitter, go out there and look up the hashtag, I wish my teacher knew, and uh, you can start to see those track down Kylie Schwartz and, uh, and start receiving those feeds. How cool is that? One teacher seeing a need, understanding that she didn't understand. That's pretty self-aware. Uh, wouldn't that be fascinating for the rest of us as a country to try to go figure out and understand? So instead of judging what's going on in all these communities, hearing all the news that we get so frustrated about or we don't understand, let's just start trying to figure out what we don't understand. Kylie Schwartz, you're the hero of the day on the Matt Townsend Show. We, uh, we need more of you and all you teachers out there. You might want to take her lead. Folks, thanks. Uh, we can't do the show without you. And remember, our goal is to help you find and live and create a better life for you. We don't want to tell you what it needs to look like, but we will give you the research and ideas so that you can always make it better. Thanks again. We'll be back next Monday. We have a best of show tomorrow on Saturday. Thanks for joining us. Until Monday, take care and be safe.